I am beyond excited to announce that the Healing Power of Energy Retreat held at Cuixmala in Mexico, which happens to be my favorite place on the planet, is back on and officially happening, folks. That's January 30th through February 6, 2021. It's a seven-night transformative retreat fusing ancient healing wisdom with advanced modern technology. I'll be there documenting the whole thing with the renowned wellness specialist, Dr. Rashid Buttar. Dr. Jerry Rivera DiGenio and Robert Slovak. It's going to be incredible. I was there last month to do a preliminary retreat prep and it was awesome. Fantastic group of people and you are going to learn more than you could ever possibly imagine and not only learn but also experience. So again, that's January 30th through February 6th, the Healing Power of Energy Retreat at Cuixmala in Mexico. You can find information and tickets at lukestory.com forward slash events. That's lukestory.com slash events. Can't wait to see you there. We do this work with our eyes closed so we can be better humans with our eyes open. And at the same time, a lot of what happens in a lot of what reality is, it's not what meets the eye. So a lot of this stuff is, you know, happening at levels that we don't have awareness with our senses to experience. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. One of the coolest things about my job as the host of the Lifestylist podcast is always being on the cutting edge and not only finding out the best products when it comes to health, but the best companies that are making those products. Now, I'm someone that's been into bee products for a really long time. And if you heard episode 175 with Carly Stein, you got to hear me totally geek out on my obsession with bees and bee products. If you haven't heard that one, by the way, go back and check it out. That's 175. But what I didn't know about bee products is A, how many different products bees actually make in a hive, what their different uses are in terms of health support, and also that there are just a lot of companies that are making products that are very inferior. Either they're weak or they're not tested for pesticides and things like that. So the whole like bee product game I thought I was pretty on top of and I got schooled in that episode and now I'm going back and kind of re-educating myself and I'm using all of the products from Beekeepers Naturals. So they've got a few that I'm really into. There's the propolis, which is kind of like the medicine of the hive. Then you've got, of course, the bee pollen, which is the food that's the protein. It's actually the highest protein food on the planet. And it's also got free-forming amino acids. So it's great for pre-workout, for muscle recovery. And then, of course, the raw honey, which is amazing. And I thought I knew something about honey. It's got live enzymes. You know, if you take a little bit before you go to bed, it helps you sleep. There's some things like that. But it turns out honey is a legit superfood if you get it from the right company. It's full of antioxidants and it's just insanely powerful. Then you've got royal jelly. Now, royal jelly is the chronic stuff. That's the food that's exclusively made for the queen bee. So the queen bee lives about 40 times longer than the average worker bee. So put the math together there and you'll know that royal jelly is some badass stuff. And if you want to try all of these products that the bees make in one, I'm going to recommend Bee Powered by Beekeepers Naturals. That's one of my favorites. Now, honestly, I go through it a little too fast. It comes in a jar and I just like pound that stuff. 
I probably way OD on it. You don't need to do it like I do it. You can savor it and make it last. That's an amazing product and a really great way for you to get an introduction into all of the bee products in one jar. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com, use the code lifestylist and save 15%. That's beekeepersnaturals.com and the code is lifestylist. Let's give some love to our sponsor, Blue Blocks. They offer a complete range of evidence-backed blue blocking glasses to suit your every need. Imagine that you can block blue light, get good sleep, be in a good mood, and not look like a tool. Super rad bonus. What's even more cool is that now they do prescription and reading glasses. So all you have to do is send them your prescription and they do the rest. You're going to get some great blue blocking prescription glasses back in the mail They also have an epic send your own frame service now. So you can send your own sunglasses or whatever glasses in and they're going to magically transform them into blue blockers. All of this, of course, happens at blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you enter the code over there at blueblocks.com, lifestylist, you're going to save 15%. Uh, Speaking of blocking light, they also have a new sleep mask that I really dig. It's called the Remedy. Get it? R-E-M, like REM sleep, Remedy. It blocks out 100% of the light. And that's really important because even if a little bit of light hits your eyes when they're closed, that's enough to raise your blood sugar levels and suppress your melatonin. So when you're sleeping, you really want to be wearing an eye mask. And theirs is awesome because it's got zero eye pressure and provides complete darkness. They also guarantee that they produce that darkness and they also have free worldwide shipping. So to get your glasses and your sleep mask, go to blueblocks.com that's b-l-u-b-l-o-x blueblocks.com enter the code lifestylist and save yourself a cool 15 percent coming at you with another episode of the lifestylist podcast this one's for all of our spiritual seekers and finders it's episode 306 spiritually sassy how to dance with your shadow and free yourself from suffering featuring saadi simone before we jump into this life-changing episode make sure to follow me on instagram at luke story to watch all of the interviews like this one in real time as they happen that's at luke story l-u-k-e-s-t-o-r-e-y i'll see you on instagram about our guest, Saadi Simone is a friend. He's also a spiritual guide, meditation teacher, transformational speaker, and international best-selling author. He is pioneering a spiritually sassy, heart-based healing movement in which joy and authenticity illuminate the path to enlightenment. Saw's infectious enthusiasm for healing is a revolutionary synthesis of ancient tantric Buddhism, modern contemplative psychology, meditation, breathwork, and integrative nutrition, all delivered in his own radiant, approachable, and playful style. Saw's new book came out today, September 22nd, 2020. So I would highly encourage you to grab a copy of that where books are sold. It's called Spiritually Sassy, Eight Radical Steps to Activate Your Innate Superpowers. Here's just a taste of what we talk about in this conversation, coming out of the spiritual closet. Then we cover the eight steps in Saw's new book, Cultivating a Love Bias, the role of trauma in our suffering and awakening, manifesting success in all areas of your life, the fastest way to overcome imposter syndrome, handling social media trolls compassionately, the difference between fear of failure and fear of success, and finally, the life-changing practice of radical acceptance. This is one of the most hilarious and uplifting chats we've ever had on the show. It's Saw's second appearance. 
Uh, we did one a couple of years back in New York City. This one was recorded here in LA in the studio. And uh, it was a hoot. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And when you do, make sure to share it with a couple friends as you listen. Now, allow me to introduce you to the incomparable Saw de Simone. Enjoy the show. Saw, it's great to see you again. It's great to see you too. And yeah. thank you for having me. Every time you saw, I just moved to New York. I mean, from New York to LA guys. And every time you come over, I always think, man, we should have cameras running and we should be <laughs> recording this because we have these great conversations. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so here we are in a real proper conversation for the yeah. second time. And I thought a great way to start this would be for you to guide us through a little meditation just to kind of get us grounded. Okay. Sure, let's do it. Okay. So what I like to do is just like a few long exhales because the exhale is like where the medicine lives, right? So the long exhale. So you could close your eyes or remain with your eyes open and take a deep breath into the nose and a long exhale through the mouth like this. Keep it going. One more deep breath into the nose. Out through the mouth. Keep it going. One more deep breath in through the nose. Out through the mouth. And then allow the natural breathing rhythm to occur. And see for a moment now you could just listen for the silence within. And for the next few moments, see if you can just gently touch base with the feeling of the breath and the body. And there's four main areas that you can feel the breath most vividly. See if you feel the breath at the tip of your nose. Maybe it's your upper lip. Where you feel the breath brushing by as it enters your nostrils. Or maybe it's a point in your chest or in your belly. See, for the next few moments, you could just rest all the energy of the mind. See if you can just close all the tabs that may be open in your mind and just gather all the powerful energy on the feeling of the breath. One breath in and one breath out.
and be kind to yourself if your attention gets pulled away and a, a new tab is open about the future or about the past or to-do list or whatever it may be. Just invite it back. Gently place it back on the feeling of the breath. It's in this choice to come back that you are transforming the architecture of your brain, cleansing your mind and opening your heart. Notice how far your attention has been pulled away and we're only here for another, just another brief moment. So just invite it back. Bring it back and place it in the feeling of the breath. Okay, my love, take a moment now to just take inventory of your internal world. Has anything changed in this few moments of, of practice? Maybe you have released the tight grip on maybe a feeling that you've been carrying with you all day or maybe a thought pattern has been sort of a playing in the background of your mind and now you have released it. Or maybe nothing's changed, that's okay too. And if you like, you can bring both hands in prayer in front of your heart. Bring a gentle smile to the corner of your lips, even if you don't want to. Blink your eyes open. Hmm. Thank you for your practice. Thank you. The simplicity of concentrating the mind, right? It's such a divine practice to just like close the tabs or do our best effort to like be aware that there are so many tabs open in the world that tells us to multitasking is the way to be successful. It's such bullshit, right? It's like a scattered mind can't integrate trauma, can't transform our relationship to the past. And the simplicity of just 
gathering the energy and the feeling of the breath. One breath in and one breath out. I can't tell you enough about it. I mean, it's like, ah. It really is the best, especially before starting a podcast. There's always this, um, well, not always, but there's often for me a very frantic energy of making sure lights, camera, action is all that's right. good to go. Yeah. And uh, I mean, thankfully now, you know, I've gotten a deer here helping today. So there's, I feel less of that. I walk in and I'm like, ah, you know, it's, Ready to go. it's all set up and all that. But um, yeah, I've had a few opportunities to start the show with some kind of drop in like that. When mm-hmm. I did Sharon Salzberg out in New York, she did one. And recently um, Marie M. Booney did like a shamanic song and, I'm like in tears within the first 30 seconds of the episode. <laughs> and every time we do something like that, I'm yeah. like, we should start every show like yeah. this. But I don't know that every guest is on board for it. That's um, right. It's interesting as we're in that quiet space, you know, one of my favorite spiritual exercises of all time is just to go still like that and then ask yourself, what's my next thought going to be? Mm. You know, and then you're instantly in that witness perspective because the, Beautiful. the moment you see that thought, Beautiful. I stole it from Eckhart Tolle, so yeah. I want to take credit yeah, for it. Yeah, but yeah, not like Not like observing your mind as his, uh, you know, copyright or anything, but That's right. um, I like the way that he phrased that because yeah. the moment then you see that thought, you realize that there's one observing that thought. Well, who is that? That's, that's right. That's you, you know? And speaking of thoughts, when we were doing that, what I observed was uh, the sound of the air purifier over there. <laughs> Nadir, would you do me a favor? You'll see a little dial on the front of that air purifier. If you could just turn it till it stops making noise, because I realize the people watching on Instagram are going to hear that fan. Uh, and then the other thing was, because I like to, I'm always curious, what what's the mind going to come up with? And the other thing that's was, right. I was like, man, the big rule in radio is no dead air. You know, I'm sitting there going, my editors are going to see the waveform of this and be like, what happened? We better squish this together. You know, keep talking. Exactly. It's hilarious, man. But Listen uh, to the silence, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Those that are driving listening to this are like, wait, what? Um, let's just let's just bang it out. Let's get right into it. So yes, I, please. I've been reading your book for the past week. It's, oh my goodness. For those watching on uh, on video here, it's called Spiritually Sassy. And I have the the special good friend, uh, Galley copy. Uncorrected copy. There's still mistakes in there. I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't see. And I'm, okay, a, good. I'm a control freak stickler okay, for typos and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, dude, it's amazing. And I just want to give you kudos for getting your second book done. I remember when we were in New York at the Ludlow. Yeah. Having, having lunch and That's right. non-alcoholic drinks. And, um, and you were like, oh, I'm working on the second book. Da, da, da. And you were telling me about it. And like, here it is here in all it its is. glory. It was a long mission, honey. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm in the beginning phases myself now. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is no joke. I yeah. thought you just like sit down and clank on the keyboard and a book yeah. pops out. It's it's a whole thing. But I really, I relate to this book and I think it's so needed right now because of its accessibility and simplicity. I know a lot of the stuff that I've read that's helped me over the years. I mean, there's one book by David Hawkins. It took me three years to read it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a powerful book, but That's it was right. it was so dense. And as I'm reading it, I'm going like, I don't know how many people there are that are this committed. You know what I mean? To That's take, right. To have to really take 20 minutes to read one sentence until you get it, you know? And so I love books like this that have that same depth, but are in, you know, modern parlance and are just accessible. So congratulations. And I'm 
I normally don't yes. do this, but I really want to dive into the book because there's okay. so many like key points. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I took lots of notes. But oh, before, okay, amazing. But before we get into it, um, I want you, because I know when we when I interviewed you before, we got a bit of your backstory. And so we'll put that in the show notes. People can go back okay, and cool. refer to that episode yeah. to kind of like, who is this guy? And we can yeah. fast forward through that. But um, actually, don't listen to that episode. Actually, I'm, I've drill storm so much. <laughs> you know, I've been telling all my students and everyone all the time be consistent with your wild authenticity. Like, be consistent to change. Right. You know, like three years ago, I was so different, you know? Like I think the the Dharma pool and like the the devotion to the practice has always been there. Um but listen to me now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. That. Um, yeah. But if unless you really want to, then give yourself the, you know. Well, there is a, a great backstory there about oh, sure. you know, growing up in Brazil yeah, and that's true. going into the fashion industry yeah. and your first coming out as a kid and you know there's a lot of of power in that story but i i understand i always remind myself anytime i think i'm being really brilliant that like (laughs) i'm gonna listen back to two years ago what an idiot you were oh my god (laughs) yeah one of my mentors said this to me actually she was like sa i look at books i've written 20 years ago and i'm like what the f were you talking about honey yeah (laughs) it's like as long as you're putting out there and like your intention is to help others i think it's it will help others yeah yeah uh, so let's dive into the first concept that I love, which is something I'm working on now is coming out of the spiritual closet. What, mm, what was good that? One. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? What does that mean? How are you doing it? How did you do it? How can someone who is, you know, uh, wants to orient, right. orient them, orient them, their life and themselves that way, but is kind of afraid to feel woo woo or weird or be judged yeah. and all that. Uh, such a good opener. Um, thank you for that. Coming out of the spiritual closet, it's like making a commitment that you're not going to only and start there, right? Like meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, call yourself and be like, I'm on a spiritual path, you know, when you're not spiritualizing every area of your life. In Buddhist Tantra, it says that we have to really use every experience that we have to transform our minds and open our hearts. So spiritual coming out of the spiritual closet, it's making a choice to live out the heart values, right? Like live with integrity. I think a lot of people are this is the biggest part about coming out of spiritual closet, right? I'm one person when I'm with Luke Story. I'm one person when I'm with Allison Charles. It's not my my style, but a lot of people who are who may be listening to this can relate that we have had to be one person at work, another person with our parents, another person with our um, partner, another person with this group of friends, another person with that group of friends. And coming out of the spiritual closet asks you to be so radically you across the board and so radically you across the board takes it takes a it takes you to the edge right because it's like oh wow i've been i've been pretending to be this i've been resurrecting this old version of myself to please this person i've been resurrecting this old version of myself to please this person and then you've left yourself you've abandoned and neglected and silenced your most authentic self and and only a glimpse of of your of your the people that you socialize and relate with get to see that oh these are my spiritual friends so i get to let the hair down and and be my and talk about my heart talk about my feelings and talk about you know that my internal weather whatnot uh, so coming out of the spiritual closet it's it's a radical choice to be your most authentic self at every interaction you know no matter who you're interacting with um, and when you're not you know 
You know, I think that's a big thing. It's like when you're not operating from the high view, I call it, there's, there's a glossary in the book because there's a lot of language that I've just like made up along the way. Uh, so it's called the high vision, right? Living in the high vision. There's only the high vision or no vision. There's no middle ground because you can't have your code of ethics be like elevated and you're generous and compassionate and kind only some of the time, right? And when you're not, you know spiritualized, coming out of the spiritual closet asks you that your cold of ethics is elevated and you're operating from that place all the time. And when you're not, you know, there is this inner knowing, oh, honey, you're crunchy. Oh, honey, you're wobbly. And you've seen me wobbly. You've seen me crunchy. And and then you're like, Sa, let's do this, honey. Snap out of it, you know? So that's what the coming out of the spiritual closet is. It's, it's a radical choice. And that's why the book is eight radical steps to activate your innate superpowers. Um, so that's foundation, radical choice to be consistent to changing, to your healing, not be committed to your lies. And um, just for context, the the time, it was, it was the fall of 2014. I was doing a 30-day silent meditation retreat in Kathmandu, Nepal. And halfway through the retreat, um, I was sort of looking around people and everyone's having these break breakthroughs, because, uh, like you know, howling, crying, the whole thing is happening. And I'm sort of judging everybody. I'm like, my God, you guys must have been some real life villains out in the world, you know, because you have all this stuff. And then as the dust of my mind settled a little bit and the stuff that was sort of unprocessed, sort of, no, that was clearly unprocessed, started to arise and come to the forefront of my mind. And it was during that time that I said, oh my God, I've been, uh, can we curse? Okay. There's no way to talk about your book without cursing. Okay, guys. <laughs> I the, said the first chapter is like these motherfuckers or something. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I'll give a you know a warning to the the parents. Sometimes okay. parents email me pissed off, like, "Why do you swear so much?" That's I'm right. like, I, you know, it's, sorry. I, well, no, I mean, I get it, and it's it's that fine line of being authentic and having a real conversation, like we really would, and that's right. Also, being mindful of you know, other people's aversion to strong language, but you know, you got, I would prefer realness over self-editing to please others. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay in the high vision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I said, oh my fucking goodness, I've been an asshole. <gasps> and that was a moment of awakening. I was like, oh wow, I have caused pain to other people. I've caused pain to myself. And that moment was like, oh, it shook the shit out of me. And then during that retreat, at the end of the retreat, that's when I made the commitment. I want to be committed to my healing, not to my lies. I want to be committed, not to this consistency, but committed to change, committed to like living in the high vision, uh, transforming my mind, energizing my body, opening my heart. Um, so it, it, and we talk, I talk about this a lot. It's like, it's one conscious choice that you can make that really redesigns the timeline of your life. One conscious choice. You can look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm done waking up after, I and mean, this is also with drugs and alcohol for me, I'm done waking up like completely in the fucked up state of mind. I'm done feeling like shit all the time. And it's one choice that you make um, that will, you know, have the potential to totally like redesign your timeline. So this book is why we talk about radical and why I use some, uh, some strong language. Um, it's to sort of shake things up a little bit, you know, because it's, it, it I think, Across the board, um, we have sort of like forgotten the why are we here and how do we go about about this thing, you know? And so the book offers you a, a foundation to to reenter life 
from this radical place of like, I'm a spiritually sassy motherfucker, honey. And I, as I walk into a place, I'm a permission slip for you to be that too. So that's what the, you know, in the first, first few chapters, you're really gonna look at your shit um, and, and, and start to redesign your relationship to, to trauma. You start to change your relationship to your painful memories. Yeah, I really um, relate to that concept. You know, years ago, one of my teachers used to talk about being the same man wherever you go, no matter who you're with. And, you know, it was just like a really simple, understated principle. And that's right. His, his uh, analysis of that was that that is integrity, you know, that mm-hmm. you're unshaken. And it also goes into that, you know, you treat the bus boy uh, in the same way as you treat the, you know, manager or the owner right. of the hotel as the bellhop and treating everyone the same way, being right. the same way, you that's know, and right. it's like obviously me and everyone included never arrives at that perfectly. But I think that's a really good goal to have in life is to just be you and own that authenticity. And I think on social media, at least, there's probably few people doing it to the degree that you are. Every time I see you on Instagram, I'm like, damn, he does not give a fuck. And on your TikTok is on another level. I'm just like, damn. So for those of you that have not followed Sai yet on social media, you should. But I see you and I'm like, oh my God, he's so free. You know, and I think uh, that's what really, would you say that freedom to to be your self in its fullest expression is kind of the goal of leading a spiritual life? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think the, the word freedom could be so far out, right? I mean, like within, within my lineage of study, like Vajrayana, Mahayana Buddhism, there's a lot about, um, stepping out of the cycle of, of death and rebirth. And that's a a great concept and it's an amazing goal. And we should capital S aspire to totally like liberate ourselves. Um, but in my work, it's really about having one good day, you know, and then one good and then another good day. And how do we define a good day? It's like your mind is at ease, you know? So then what lives in your heart is like free to express. And when you're expressing, you're not worried about, oh, what is she going to say? Oh, what are they going to say? Not worried about judgment, you know, and recognizing that how someone sees you, it's completely based on the quality of their mind and the quality of their mind is completely based on the kind of karma that they've been cultivating. And it's such a radical thing to check in with that. So as I'm being free, you know, as, as I'm going through the world and people saying, Sai, you inspire me so much. I want to be as free as you are. Honey, the freedom that you see in me is in you. I'm just a little bit of sunlight, a little bit of water and a little bit of fertilizer to the seed of freedom that's already at the base of your being. The problem is we're watering seeds of suffering. We're watering seeds of blame. We're watering seeds of, of victimhood. We're watering seeds of, of, of all the unwholesome is what we call it in, in the Buddhist literature, unwholesome, unskillful um, uh, qualities you know, we're, we're watering those most often and we're forgetting to that the work is about getting rid of those, actively making that choice to get rid of these unwholesome qualities and developing the ones that live at the base of our being. So then we're not afraid to laugh out loud or to dance in the supermarket when your song comes on. You know, we're not afraid of coming in here and, and you know, b- being in the highest vision all the time. I think freedom in in. It, it could look, could seem so lofty, right? But when you bring it down, it's like a, qual- a, a relaxed state of mind. It's an energized body and your heart is open. 
You know, you're not closing off in a state in the face of suffering. You're not closing off in a state in the face of trauma. You're not closing off in the face of oppression. You're able to proactively stand up and say, no, you know, I think people also uh, think that being on a spiritual path, path um, or, or being too deep into practice, um, they're going to become passive bystanders to reality. That's the polar opposite, honey. That's the polar opposite. You really become an agent of change. So fierce that your presence alone could, you know, could remind people of like, no, 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 you know, or like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just by non-verbally communicating change. It's possible. That's, that's what the work offers, you know? So when we think about freedom, you can think about this loft to go about, uh, about, you know, being completely, um, you know, not coming back again to the cycle of, of death and rebirth. Or you could just think about having one good day and doing one good thing, you know, that kind of a thing. So you, yeah. I, I'm all about just being like right here, right now. Cause you know, I've had, when you experiencing suicide, when you experience suicidal thoughts and depression and addiction, anxiety so regularly for so many years, uh, thankfully, thankfully for me and for everybody listening, um, you know, it, it's possible to, to heal. It's possible to transform. No trauma is too big that, that you can't heal. So when you have that sort of like backstory to work from, um, I'm all about having one good day. If I can make it through this day and smile, then I'm good. And then one day builds into the next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think that's one of the most potent principles in the in the 12 step movement is this concept of one day at a time. Mm, beautiful. I remember when I first yeah. got sober, it was like, Dude, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, it, it in one sense, it's hard for me to remember what it was like. But then it, it's just like right there, like it was two minutes ago. In another sense, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking when I realized I would be best served to get sober, it was impossible to imagine going a few minutes or a few hours or a few days, let alone a few years, oh without those crutches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when I, you know, thankfully check my ass in rehab, I'm like, I what. You mean I can't smoke weed when I'm 50? You know, now I'm almost 50. I still don't smoke weed. <laughs> but I was like, not even weed? I mean, I'm cool with putting away the hard stuff. And they're like, dude, you're 26. Can you just stay here the rest of the day and not run away into the woods? Oof. Just just today. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, oh, well, how many? There's Oh, there's only four hours left till midnight. So I could do this another four hours, you know? And exactly. sometimes it's one minute at a time, but it's a really great approach to anything that's challenging and life itself, no matter who you are in to one degree or another is challenging, right? That's right. You know? That's right. So I like that. Like, well, let's not worry about enlightenment right now. That's right. You know, let's just stay right here. Yeah. Cause enlightenment, you know, my teacher talks about this a lot. There's 64 moments of choice in every blink of an eye, right? And every single moment enlightenment is as close to us as our eyelashes. You know, did you get that? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's when we recognize that every single choice could could lead us all the way to the furthest, most awakened state of mind and openness of heart. Um, instead of thinking constantly about this, this far-reaching goal, think about doing things right here, right now that could water the seeds of enlightenment in the base of your being that will support the growth of this epic, gorgeous garden in, in your mind that will be all representative of enlightenment. You know, it, instead of thinking about this lofty goal, think about right here, doing one good thing, you know, one generous action to somebody. And, you know, um, one of my teachers talks about this a lot. It's like, you see so often people running, um, 
crossing over a homeless person on the street to get to a yoga class. You know, it's, that is the world that we live in today, you know? And I said this, um, I said this the other day on social media, on, on TikTok, actually, um, you can tell the depth of your genuine happiness by how often you think about the well-being of others. And, and, and it was kind of like a mixed bag of comments. Some people are like, oh my God, this is so big. I'm so happy. Thank you. And some people are like, hell no. And some people are like, <laughs> uh, what does that mean? You know? Um, so we have to start thinking about that. Like this, this generosity of mind really dictates uh, the depth of your awakening. You know, how often you're actually able to walk into the supermarket and not say, I don't like you. I like you. Oh, you're this, you're that enemy. Mm, mm, you know, like this completely, um, you know, not observing reality, but ripping reality apart with all of our added conditioning to it. If we can have the, a generous state of mind, right? Generosity is one of the, the it's one of the, it's, it's called one of the paramitas, the perfections that we aspire to cultivate. And if we can walk into a supermarket, and I use this, I use this example a lot because um, uh, I think food could be very triggering for people, um, or, you know, and, and seeing what's at the supermarket, the cravings or our old habits might, might show up. If you could walk into the supermarket and think about being what I call a blessing factory or an air purifier, you know, being able to like, you know, alleviate the suffering for others, like really offer silent blessings everywhere you go, you're actually blessing yourself. You know, scientific research shows that if you think good thoughts, you're upgrading your, your body's chemistry, you're feeling better, you're sleeping better. So therefore your next moment will be better, you know? Um, yeah. In that regard, <laughs> coming, there's so much to unpack in there. Oh my God. In, in that Did you fart, honey? It wasn't me. It was cookie, <laughs> cookie put you on blast? I think so. It's okay. It happens every once in a while. She's got pretty good digestion because I biohacked the hell out of her. <laughs> but, oh, uh, you're sweet, honey. It definitely, it, it wasn't me, just for the record. Okay. Um, I was I, like, look when... I would make it loud and proud if I was going <laughs> to... I was going to cut one on the podcast. Um, what was oh I going to say? Uh, I was going to ask you about, oh, so what I'm hearing from that particular perspective is that this is more about the spiritual path is more about subtraction and letting go of what is false than it is about striving to get more and be more. That's right. It's, There's it, nothing to get, only to get rid of. You know, right? And what's at the base of your being would just arise. It's called spontaneous arising. That's what the the, the literature speaks to, and it's beautiful because you 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 you're able to test your material and, and surprise yourself when you surprise yourself on the face of oppression, on the face of trauma, on the face of challenges that you're able to. You know, I was telling you today, I moved homes today, and I'm still here, showing up in the high vision, honey. That's impressive. But you know what I mean. Like stuff like that, that I'm still smiling, you know, uh, unpacked the house, just like quickly sat down and said, I'm going to meditate in this house because I want to start this vision right now. Boom, you know, dropped in and then drove my ass here, you know, singing because I was going to see you do this thing. And that is the kinds of thing. My friend, Jesse Israel, who was on tour with Oprah, um, he, I, was, I was hanging out with him a couple of days ago and he was saying, Sal, like, this is the depth of your practice. The fact that you can have all these things going on, a new book out, uh, sign another book deal. You have to move homes. You're doing all these different things. Blah, blah, blah. 
and you're still able to smile, this is the depth of the work. This is when you know that the spiritual work is working. And I surprise myself that I'm still able to open my eyes in the morning and be like, oh shit, I'm excited about today. That level of, and it's not every day, honey. It's not every day, you know? It's not every day. But when challenges are, are surfacing, it's, it, there is a spontaneous arising of support. I can rely on myself and when you are in depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation for so long, you can't rely on your mind for shit. That's your worst enemy. So to be on the other side of that and wake up and be like, oh, wow, okay, I'm moving today. It's great. You know, like that kind of uh, radical uh, shift in perspective, it really shows the depth of the, the daily practice, the moment to moment choosing to live in integrity, not have this cognitive dissonance where your thoughts don't match your words and they don't match your actions. And so many people live split like that. They think really good things, but they say really vicious things and then their actions, oh my God, crack baby actions, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, cultivating a, a high level of integrity, a high level of like, you know, making sure that your intentions match your words, they match your actions will we'll create so much ease in your body physiologically already. We'll, we'll start to create <sighs> like that. <laughs> oh honey it's let's, a look let's talk about the eight steps in the book okay because I, I went I went reread them through today and I okay. was like these Tell are me. these are good and uh. I love when I don't know I love when teachings have like a numbered list of shit to do or That's not right. do yeah <clears throat> I just think there's something really powerful in that and it's you know everyone has kind of their version of steps and right. uh, and yours are great thank you so the first one as you say, it is know your story to change your story. Mm -hmm. Break that down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a, I think this is, um, it's sort of a challenging step because it asks you to actually look at your shit. It's actually asks you to pull out the spiritual mirror and be like, oh my God, I have been an asshole. Oh my God, I have caused pain to myself and to other people. Oh my God, I've been harboring on that thing that happened to me 10 years ago. I've allowed my pain to define my life. Oh, I've lived as a, as a victim to my circumstances up until now. Um, so own your story to change your story is first being aware of what kind of life you've lived. But I don't do the thing that a lot of people um, that that sort of in the traditional setting of psychoanalysis ask you to sort of revisit that, uh, um, and 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 by over by analyzing the past, then you can make changes in the present. I don't do this at all. Um, I just ask you to look at it to to first take responsibility, you know, and responsibility asks you to then go to the next level to have compassion, to have forgiveness, to have regret. And then make a, make a commitment to do better, right? Um, so, all, you know, know your story to change your story. It's just like, be aware what kind of life you've lived, you know? Um, I, I think uh, a lot of the times we are unaware of the lives we've lived because we're so utterly distracted that like ears blur into next year's and next thing you know, it's like you have a midlife crisis, you have your first stroke and then you have a heart attack and then you're 75 and you're sour and you're like, what the fuck happened to my life? This is that first step in the book is like, be aware of kind of life you've lived. And then, you know, the entire book is a practice book. So it's really going to ask you to be on the edge, you know, like go to the edge, look at the, the life you've lived, look at the kind of things you've done to yourself and to other people, not to go on the guilt trip, but to go on a trip of regret, right? Because in Buddhism, regret is a really good thing because it asks, asks you to, to go into the next stage, already uh, seeking to stop the cycle of harm, 
you know? Um, so that's the first step in short. It's a very powerful chapter to open with, you know? Do you think that there is a difference between regret and guilt? I think guilt and regret, they have similar energy. There's similar texture, but I'm just uh, speaking through what I know from my training and my, my conditioning. Guilt could, could sort of be, you know, um, have this like energy of, of really, um, it's, it's, it's disorienting, it's confusing. It's, it really, um, it really sets you up for you to be in a miserable state, you know? And when you are thinking about regret, it's like regretting, uh, regret is like, I feel guilty. And then it's regret has the end then, you know, there's the end what am I going to do about it different? Regret has that kind of energy. It's like, oh, I'm aware that I fucked up. I'm aware that I caused pain to myself or I'm aware that I've caused pain to other people. And what? You know, it's, it's that choice to stop the cycle of harm. It's that choice to do something different. It's a choice to do better next time, you know? Um, and for me, you know, to speak about, about the, 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 the guilt of regret and the shame sort of like it, this, this misperception. And I think Brené Brown speaks about this uh, very eloquently and beautifully. It's, it's this, this misperception that our actions are a reflection on who we are at the base of our being. That's shame, right? Guilt is recognized that our, 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 our actions are a reflection of our behavior. And our behavior does not define who we are at the base of our being. Um, so looking at all this stuff and, and recognizing that, you know, as we get later on to another chapters, I speak about this a lot. It's like your mistakes do not define who you are. And that's so liberating, you know, to know that. And this doesn't take away the weight of what you've done, but it gives you an opportunity to go and then what happens and after, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that it's not self-defeating and putting you in that shame spiral. That's of right. Like, oh my God, That's I'm such right. a loser. As you're saying that, I'm like, God, this should, well, I guess they don't have school anymore because the whole world is shut down, <laughs> which is probably a really good thing for society. Schools are largely like indoctrination. I don't know, like mini communist factories now or something. But anyway. Um, I have something to say about that too. But yeah, I mean, school didn't do me any favors, put it that way. But uh, the school of life has taught me a lot. But I'm, I'm thinking, God, what a great lesson for kids. You know, it's like just parenting or schooling in that when one makes a mistake or an error to, um, to indicate them and, and make them aware that it, it doesn't make them bad. You know, it's like you described mm -hmm. that shame of being, mm -hmm. it's, there's something wrong with who I am. I'm a bad person. Yeah. Versus yeah. that I made a mistake and what I did was wrong. That doesn't make me wrong, you know? And I'm yeah, like, it's such a radical. If someone had taught me that when I was five, I would have had a much different life. It took me a long time Same to, here. to learn that. You Same know? here. I think that was such a foundation. And, and I, and I've shared, I've shared this. I talk about this a lot. It was like when I did my first ever 10 day silent retreat, I was up in the Himalayas and the first, in the first few days of the teacher, she wasn't speaking directly to me. She was speaking to the entire audience, but I felt that she was directly piercing through all my lasers. She says, at the base of your being, everybody is good. And I was like, what? I'm a good person? I'm, I'm a benevolent person? Wow. How come no one's, no one's reminding each other? They're like, Hey, all of this stuff is the fluff and it's the, it's the, it's the conditioning. Uh, but at the base of your being, honey, you're a good human, no matter how, troubled of a life you've lived. 
That is so, it was, I mean, you know, maybe um, people who are listening is like, yeah, whatever. Some people are really innately bad. Uh, that's something that I love about Buddhism is that he, the Buddha spoke about this a lot over and over again. It's like everyone at the base of their being is good. That is so freeing to hear. That's so like revolutionary and radical to think about the people that we despise the most, the people that we've put in a category of enemies, the people that we put in a category of you are bad because you like these things and you do these things. You're innately bad. And that's not the truth. It's like every human, what connects us is our benevolence, not our, not the harm we do, you know? And when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, I think I'm going to stick with this path for a minute. Cause you're saying the things that I just innately knew, but growing up in a home where we were told to not like these people because they're this religion, to not like those people because they, they like these things and they look like that. It was kind of jarring to hear, you know, this Tibetan Buddhist nun who her presence alone was just like recalibrating the entire room. I've never felt someone non-verbally be like, you okay, bitch. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, I want that. I want yeah. that. Give me that pipe, honey. I'm yeah. going to smoke your crack. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is the kind of thing that I've been, that I've been, I've been able to experience in the presence of all these radical saints. And that's what I'm cultivating is constantly checking in with myself to see if like, am I adding or am I subtracting, you know, kind of, um, kind of, a um, entering to every, um, exchange with that mindset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, it's, uh, I think really difficult for many of us to imagine that even the most depraved humans on the planet at their core are good. I mean, mm-hmm. i I believe that as a construct, <laughs> um, but it's it's difficult sometimes. It you know, it's it difficult really because of that that innate desire of the ego of superiority, right? Of like, I'm better than this politician or this person, and yeah. there's so much of that yeah. going on right now. Yeah. Um, the thing I have with that because <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get weird here. Oh no! But Just no. Kidding. Here's, Please here's do the it. thing. Please do. I, I, I do believe that any human being is doing what they believe to be right in any given moment. That's right. Like no person, no matter how evil and depraved and horrific their behavior has been throughout history, mm-hmm. has ever thought, hmm, what's the worst decision I could make today that's going to hurt the most amount of people? Let me do that. Even a sociopath, I think, is doing what they think is the best choice. That's right. So there is an inherent kind of innocence to everyone and at the core, a good. And, um, you know, perhaps those that perpetuate evil and wrongdoing on others have just been harmed and traumatized and they're acting that out. Mm-hmm. That said, and this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> dude, but uh, I think there are people in positions of power in this world that might not be all the way human and and might actually be devoid of love and empathy and mm-hmm. possibly even incapable of mm-hmm. of having that because mm-hmm. they are not true humans <laughs> that's another that's another conversation for another podcast oh my god um yeah but anyway cuz i cuz i i see that but then there's some people that i'm just like they must not be human because they just they have zero empathy. They're mm-hmm. psychopaths, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, you know, all one can do is just pray for their their well-being and that they will find God in one way or yeah, another. Yeah, may they become free as quickly as possible. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Like a guy like Bill Gates, 
I look at his empty eyes and there's just no soul there. Here's a guy who's like inoculated, you know, and sterilized all of these poor kids and people in Africa and just done these horrific crimes against humanity and is on TV in a pink sweater going like, I'm going to save the world with forced vaccinations that I won't take or give my kids, you know? And I'm just like, how do I find the compassion for that? When I'm looking in those eyes and I'm like, there is no God in there. This dude is a reptile or a fucking alien or like on some other shit. Mm-hmm. That's, there are certain entities that I just look at and I just feel this dead zone with, and I can't even find that like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, there's humanity in there that I can have compassion for. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are some that I really struggle with because on an energetic level, they just appear to be of another dimension almost, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, yes. going off the rails a little yeah, bit there. No, but- it's, 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 yeah, honey. I, um, I don't have anything to comment in regards to that, but I, <laughs> the only thing I do have to say that, you know, as we continue to deepen our, our ability to be compassionate for ourselves and um, there is going to come a point that we can be compassionate for, you know, for the, the most, the people who are, who have causing the most pain to other people. Um, I'm going to share just a tiny little story about this. The Buddha actually, and I'm paraphrasing all of it. So everything I'm quoting about my teachers is I'm paraphrasing the F out of it because it's my style to, you know, make them all sound sassy too. It's how my delivery is. But the, the story is like this. The Buddha created the meta meditation that everybody knows. Sharon Salzberg populated into the West. May you be happy, healthy, and safe. May you live with ease. That kind of uh, uh, compassionate state of mind, right? Um, loving kindness uh, state of mind as well. Um, and he, he was asked that his disciples, this group of monks went, went to meditate in a forest that was hunted with all these uh, hungry ghosts, with all these um, evil spirits, right? And they said, we can't meditate in there. The spirits are like fucking us up. We can't, we can't concentrate there. It's so scary and it's so much fear and we want to just like jump them. And it's like just a bad vibe. The Buddha kept saying, honey, keep going, keep going. If you're just offering yourself the well wishes and you're not thinking about offering the well wishes to these people who are in these lower realms and these, you know, from your perception, these people who are devoid of humanity, of, of humanness and benevolence, if the practice will, will, that he was asking them to do is to, to get to such a degree of practice that you're able to them offer them well, uh, wish them well, wish these, these evil spirits to be well. And, and then they came back um, and said, you know, here we are. And then that's when the Buddha said, okay, so this is the, like, you've graduated from this teaching. You know, and again, I'm paraphrasing for all of you who are like Buddhist nerds. Um, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing it, so you're aware. Um, but it's a very interesting story to know that, like, once we can actually enter into a prison or enter into a refugee camp or enter into a place where or see somebody on TV who's so jarring, so triggering, so inflammatory for our system, and we can use them as a Buddha, use them as a guru. You know, and we'll talk about this in the book too, but really say, thank you for showing me my mind. You know, thank you for showing me my mind. Wow. That radical shift of perspective then asks us to like, where am I lacking? Uh, Where, how am I allowing my inability to expand compassion for the sake of all beings? You know, in the Mahayana Vajrayana Buddhism, it's really about everything we do is for the sake of all beings. No beings are left behind. And, And we're talking about birds in the sky, fish in the sea, small creatures, everything, no one's left behind. Um, so it's, you know, this is my, my, my 
comment onto that. It's like there comes a point where we're able to see somebody who's so inflammatory for our system and we're able to expand, not contract and be like, wow, I really, I really wish you to be happy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I really genuinely like, yeah. oh my God. And tonight I'm going to dedicate my practice to you. Genuinely wish you to be happy. And there is a radical change of perspective that takes place. You know, I've experienced it with my own pain, with my own enemies, with my own difficult people, you know, um, and, and then there comes a point when the, the mystical thing happens, the magical things happen, that once you change your perception about them, and I talk about, about this in the, in the forgiveness chapter, um, there is a change of hearts. And then you're able to, to uh, I'm not saying that you're going to experience, see these people from your past life, from your past um, in this life and you guys are going to become friends again. But there is a change that happens. You know, maybe you get an email, maybe you get a text message, maybe you get a phone call, maybe a friend of a friend who was with them says something nice about you and it trickles down to your uh, sphere. Um, I've experienced this in my life, you know, and the work is possible. It's, we do this work with our eyes closed so we can be better humans with our eyes open. And at the same time, a lot of what happens in a lot of what reality is, it's not what meets the eye. So a lot of this stuff is, you know, happening at levels that we don't have awareness with our senses to experience. So that's my two cents in, in regards yeah, to that. <laughs> that's, um, that's, uh, that's really, yeah, I think that's really the crux of it is like, how do we you know, how do we shower our enemies with love and, and true forgiveness at depth mm -hmm. while at the same time, not condoning their behavior, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like, how do I love mm -hmm. a Bill Gates mm -hmm. and not support his mm -hmm. plan to depopulate, you know, 5 billion people off the planet mm -hmm. because he's on some power trip, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, well, how do I, how do I fight against that without fighting against mm -hmm him, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I found it easy in my interpersonal life relatively. I mean, it wasn't easy at first, but I mean, people that have abused me and neglected me, abandoned me, treated me like mm -hmm. shit, betrayed me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, you know, and I've done many of those things myself and mm -hmm. will hopefully be forgiven. That's right. But I find it easier when it's a personal thing. It's like, I can find the humanity in someone and get to that level mm -hmm. of unconditional love and forgiveness mm -hmm. quite easy. It's mm -hmm. more difficult for me when I feel that, um, it's like so many lives are being destroyed and affected. That's, that's a bit tougher, you mm -hmm. know, because then it's like, well, yeah, if it's all love and light and forgiveness, then that means I'm like co-signing this person's, mm -hmm. you know, psychopathic power mm -hmm. trip against humanity, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But so we're not taking it away <sighs> though. Like we can't just be, it's very, in, in, in the Buddhist literature talks about the two wings of complete freedom. It requires you to be wise and compassionate. You can't just be compassionate. Oh, he's in pain. He's an asshole. He's causing a lot of pain to a lot of people because he's in pain. Let me alleviate his suffering um, and let me do whatever I can to alleviate. Like that's good. But wisdom will help you to know the antidote to, to stand up. And say, this is fucked up. We're ending that. That's the wisdom component. You know, it doesn't, and you can't, you can't just do one or the other, you know, and um, with this internal work, with this internal changes, you're able to then have the, the, it's, it says that there's a, the perfect antidote arises in the mind and you know, the perfect antidote for the person is who's suffering. Um, I haven't, I haven't, you know, a glimpse of that too much, you know, I'm usually sort of like, um, doing one or the other, but the offering is that 
is that we cultivate enough merits, that we do enough enough goodness within ourselves and in our lives, that there is an opportunity, there is a uh, an experience of unconditional compassion where no one's left behind with the 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 proactiveness and the energy to stop when things to to really say enough is enough like this is not happening in in buddhism it, it talks a lot about like if you were to stop right uh this person who you through your perception he's he's a, he's an evil he's a bad person his his actions are bad so we're seeing him as a as a devoided of goodness right um if you were to actually stop him um, you're actually doing good for him because he's not creating more negative karma, you know? So it's actually like- That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, but, some, there's some literature that says that the Buddha actually ate this, this meal and, and it was poisonous to him and he died because he didn't want the guy that was serving the meal to feed all these other disciples and kill all these other people. He says, just kill one person. So your karma is only going to be um, in relation to one human life that you've killed, not all these uh, other people. Uh, so, you know, and we, we've talked about this before with a friend of yours who it was at, you know, um, who's like, oh, I never asked for help. And you're like, no, honey, you gotta reach out to me because you're helping yeah. me uh, transform my, create uh, benevolent karma, create good merit, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really comes down to that, you know? It's like, and, and I invite you to test your material. See the person who's most triggering, most inflammatory to you and use them as your object of meditation. See if you can like print a picture of them. I, that might be far out, you know, <laughs> put them on your altar for a oh week. You know God. what I mean? Like that's really the offering. It's like put them on your altar for a week and just see if you can just like uh, exercise your your benevolence towards their well-being. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with these. Because, you know, we know that someone's causing pain to other people because they haven't been you know, they haven't been cared for, they haven't been nurtured and they're hurt in some way or another, you know? We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Who doesn't love a little chocolate, man? That's why we're going to talk about today's sponsor, Earth Echo Foods. These guys make a product called Cacao Bliss, which is guilt-free decadence made with the purest cacao on the planet. You got to be mindful when sourcing cacao. Not all chocolate is created equal. And when you're going to take down some of this bliss molecule known as cacao, you want to make sure that they're doing it right. And nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're also doing something good for your body. So that's why they use 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Because here's what's up. If you do cacao wrong, you ruin it. And then it's no fun. It might taste good, but it's not good for you. So what we want is something that's delicious, but also has health benefits. So they take this cacao and this product called Cacao Bliss, and they blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend that you can drink hot or cold. You can mix it in other drinks. It's guilt-free because everything in it is really good for you. It's also paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan. So no matter what kind of diet you're on, you can roll with the cacao bliss. If you want to check it out, here's where you get it. Go over to earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. That's earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. Your discount code is luke15 and that gets you 15% off. 
So I'm really excited about this product, Cacao Bliss, brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health. Her company, Earth Echo, has been around for years. It's one of the biggest companies in the superfoods game. Uh, But don't let the bigness of that company fool you. They're still doing it right. They have a real commitment uh, to the quality of the product and are very integrous, which is why I'm happy to promote them. So again, check out your Cacao Bliss at earthechofoods.com slash Story. And now back to the interview. Well, it's interesting how you say that that person becomes a mirror for you, you know, because when I think about that particular entity, it's like, I think of myself as this unconditionally loving, like really kind person that is of service. And I mean, and sometimes I think I'm a total loser and a dick too. Uh, but that's mm. improving. You know, we all have our moments, right? But <laughs> yeah. generally speaking, I don't think of myself as mean or hateful. But then if I have those thoughts that are triggered by someone like that, I'll justify them within myself because it's about them. But really what that's it right. is, is it's like bringing out some of the worst parts of myself where I'm having thoughts of wishing them harm and you know, mm-hmm. hoping to see their demise and failure and punishment. You know, So there is like the gift in that person is bringing out those kind of sticky Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. places in me that I'm condemning them for. That's right. Right. Like I'm judging them for being so hateful, evil, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Meanwhile, I'm having those same evil, Mm -hmm. hateful thoughts um, Mm -hmm. toward them, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's really like, there's a lot of internal projection going on and I'm guilty of the thing that I'm accusing that person for of, which I think right now in the kind of, climate of social justice is really prevalent too. I noticed that during the last election, there was a lot of this like, well, this guy is hateful. We hate him and hate everyone that voted for him. And I'm thinking, dude, that the whole point is like, if you think someone's hateful, then more hate is not going to contribute to that's right facilitating a solution. You know? but, but we've been trained that way, you know, to like yeah. blame other people for how we feel inside and right. blame other people for for our misery or, or, or put other people in the place you hold, you're the sole proprietor of my happiness, you know, and we see this in, in romantic partnerships. We see this in, um, with governments with, I mean, in the variety of, 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 of relations that we experience, this kind of blaming and blame and being the victim to happens all the time. Um, you know, and to just riff on what you said about like hating them and it's awake, you recognizing this within you, it's make, recognizing that every time, every single time you believe uh, or you wear the suit of hate, right? You literally, the hateful thought arises and you put on the, f- the full look, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you literally put on the whole look and you're like, it's not like um, a part of me feels hate. It's like, I am hate, you right. know? Like we have no, no uh, parts to ourselves. We have, we're, we are the hate. We're watering the seeds of more hate in in the base of our being. So more and more of that will prevail. You know, I love that in Buddhism, it's so, the metaphor of the garden is so, so used across every single thing because it really is about that. It's like water the seeds that you want to see grow and weed out the ones that you don't. Excuse me. And then when we see somebody who's like a clear mirror to what we need to work within ourselves, bring them to the altar, use them as the, as the, as the, as the, as the guru. You know, and see what happens. 
Gates is my guru. (laughs) (laughs) With those cold dead eyes. (laughs) Oh my God. See what happens. See what happens. You practice sending him love for a week and just see what happens. And and here's the offering too. It's not that your relationship to him will necessarily radically change, but this unconditional love and compassion, it's going to show up in all these different areas of your life that you weren't even aware that you're withholding and contracted. And that's when you know like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> well, that's that's really funny. We just naturally segued into um, the the second step in your book, which is learn to forgive yourself and those motherfuckers that oh, hurt you. <laughs> this is the chapter that sold the book. Really? This is the chapter that because they asked the uh, sounds true asked for um, a simple of of writing, and forgiveness was my entry point into the spiritual into the spiritual path. I um, I didn't know how to forgive myself or forgive other people. You know, for for just a little bit of context, and if you are gonna listen to the old episode, I I recommend you not. But you know, um, I was bought out of a company that I started when I was twenty three. I was twenty seven. It was a it was an international fashion magazine, and when I was twenty seven, I was bought out of the company by my two best friends. So the betrayal was so heavy, and when that got activated in me, then I started to realize how much pain uh, I have caused them and I have caused other people by this interaction, by having had this trauma um, come up. Then all these other areas of my life were like, oh, wow, this is just like the, this is just like the, you know, what do you call the cherry on top of the ice cream of all the shit that I've been doing through all these years that I, that, that have been done to me or I had done to other people. Um, and that's what led me on to then um, go into buy a one way ticket and be like, bye girl, I'm going to India because I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> no, I don't have answers around here. Um, but it was forgiveness. And, um, I think, um, forgiveness is the, is this, is this spiritual, um, uh, secret sauce that is so, uh, unspoken about it. And, and in the 12th step, it's big, it's huge. Um, um, it's, it, I say it in a book, it's like Beyonce made cool to carry hot sauce in her purse. Um, uh, forgiveness has to be part of your spiritual toolkit. And in the book, I speak about a speech, I speak about a spiritual fanny pack, like that you carry with you all the time. And if you are, you know, a high fashion queen, honey, make it Vuitton, <laughs> make it Givenchy, I don't care, whatever it is, uh, you know, visualize that it's like a high fashion fanny pack, but it's your spiritual tools are there and it's about you reaching into it all the time and test your material. If you're able to forgive people um, for how they've treated you or for how they've treated other people, or are you still demonizing them or pinning them to this, to, to their pain, pinning them to this, to their suffering because of their, the way that they go about the world. Um, so throughout the chapter, um, I speak, I speak about something that's kind of jarring for people to hear is that forgiveness is an independent process. We think that, uh, if I do something uh, fucked up to you and I want to, I want to, my, my benevolence, my goodness, I for, I forget that I have that I hold this benevolence and this goodness, and because of the mistake that I made, I go into a shame spiral. I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. Oh, only if Luke says you're forgiven, then I get to reclaim my benevolence and my goodness. Have you ever experienced this in your life where we rely entirely on having to talk to the person that we've done something fucked up to or that they've done something fucked up to us? Uh, it's only when we can meet face to face with these people that we are then able to uh, reclaim our benevolence and and reckon with our with our goodness or them and recognize that they're also a good person regardless of what they've done back and forth. So 
in the book, I speak about forgiveness being an independent process because unless you have a change of mind towards yourself, what you have done and towards this other person, you're going to be leaking, inflicting, causing more pain. And you're going to be seeking somebody else to give you permission for you to become a good person. You know, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 bondage, the chains that we keep ourselves, um, you know, trapped in by not forgiving other people and then ourselves is like, there's no way out of that. Sickening. Yeah. Without that practice, because then um, it's not like people are ever going to stop doing stupid shit mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout your life. That's right. Because humans are fallible, right? Mm-hmm. And no matter like how cool someone is and what a great person they are and how evolved they are, it's like everyone has their human moments. And so without having that as an ongoing practice, it's going to be um, it's going to be a long, hard road. And forgiveness <clears throat> asks you to say, and what happens next? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are you willing, how are you willing to be better now? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, to just touch base upon briefly about this, uh, there's three parts to forgiveness and, and we can't forget that. It's like forgiving yourself for the way you've treated yourself, asking for forgiveness of those that you've, that you've caused pain and then forgiving those that have caused you pain. And, you know, in the book, I offer a variety of different exercises for you to really, uh, you know, re- let go of this like grip, you know? And when you start to do the forgiveness work, I swear to you, your perception of yourself and the world totally changes. Because when you are in this lack of forgiveness, you're going through the world like this. How do you call this? Like tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. You're going through the world in tunnel vision. You're not aware of the beauty. You're not aware of grace. You're not aware of this. You're not you you've 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 lose sight of your curiosity. You lose sight of your of this wondrous nature that we have because of the the because of your tight grip to the past. And I say this in the book too. You know, people say, "Be present. Come back to the present moment." I I close my eyes and all I think about it's all about the past. All about this, like you know. So learning to forgive will free you um, from depressive states of mind, from uh, potential suicidal ideation. You know, like really, it was, it's it could really. Um, comp- completely radically change your view of yourself and your connection to the present moment, you know, just by choosing to do this, this work of like, okay, let me, and, and I say this in the book a lot. It's not a one time and done deal, honey. You know what I mean? You're going to do this over and over and over and over and over again. And the test will come when that traumatic memory visits your mind and you are able to allow it to pass. You're like, oh, hey, girl, I haven't seen you in a while. What's up, honey? And he passes. That's when you know that the work has, has, has that, the, that the forgiveness nectar has like fertilized the garden of your mind enough that it's like, oh, and then you're not holding people hostage to their, you're not, you know, holding this tight grip to their mistakes. You're not demonizing them for doing um, fucked up stuff because we all do, you know? Yeah. And also that, um, that bond with them and presuming that oftentimes when we're faced with the prospect of forgiving someone, it's not someone we want to be connected to yet through that addictive, repetitive. Oh my God. Say it. You know, say it. we're now bonded with this person mm-hmm. that we don't even fucking like a lot of the time that That's we right. don't want to have any yeah. kind of bond or relationship yeah. to, but it's that 
the stickiness of mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. the juice that the ego gets out of that mm-hmm. self-righteousness and that condemnation that mm-hmm. keeps that person taking up real estate in our head. That's right. They own the penthouse, honey. Yeah, they're not paying rent. They're not. Gotta get the keys, honey. <laughs> like, bye girl, eviction notice at the door right now, you know? And it really takes you to like have oh, a few so antidotes, funny. you know, like as it arises, I forgive you, forgive me. And maybe that's a mantra you whisper. You know, in the book, we talk about letters. We talk about certain kind of uh, forgiveness ritual. So it, it it's, I can't say enough about this. Like forgiveness is the antidote for the spiritual path, is the foundation, um, foundation to the spiritual path. It's like the antidote to a lot of your pain might be your inability to forgive. The third one, spray spiritual bleach on the belief systems that have hurt you. <sighs> I mean, if you just stop to think about like, you know, look at all this, like um, the movement that's happening in America right now. Like people have believed that if you have this skin color, you're a bad person or you're less than me. That's a belief system. You know, um, you see somebody, a guy who likes guys, uh, you're a bad person. That's the belief system. Like, so it's, it's literally looking at your view of the world. And in the book, I ask you to do something very radical, which is like, actually, I ask you to look at very specific things that we all across the board, right. You know, having worked with, with global celebrities to, you know, teaching to, uh, working with people, um, uh, pro bono. Across the board, everybody has the same problems. The wealthiest of the wealthiest uh, to the poorest of the poor. It's just their problems are just a little bit more decorated, you know, and their belief systems are a little bit more decorated. Um, So this chapter really asks you to um, see your view of the world very clearly and see how often um, you are operating, how, how often, and see that like that view is dictating how you see everything. And in this chapter, um, you're, you're put to your edge because it's really asking you to be like, oh, honey, have you been thinking about these people? Because, you know, you think about this I, and I've, I've, I've started interviewing a lot of powerful black women in, in my IG talking about, you know, um, so many, uh, so often you see a black person w- uh, walking towards you and you cross the street. You see a queer person coming towards you and you're like, oh, they probably have this and this and that, or they're probably this and this and this. That prejudice, that bias, that um, that belief system has been cooked into you and reinforced every time you believe it, every time you cross the street, every time you lock your doors, every time you see a queer person with long hair, I'm describing myself, with long hair and nail polish. I don't have nail polish on today, but I usually do. Um, and, and you know, really expressed and, and flamboyant in, 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 its, in his walk. Um, you put me in a box, you label me, you write me off, you rob me of my ability to surprise you, you know, and, and that is a big problem. So the belief systems in, in the book is going to ask you to, the metaphor that I use is the house, right? It's like you have your spiritual awakening. All of a sudden you wake up in this house and you're like, oh, fuck. Who furnished this house? Who built this house? This room here is my relationship to food. The next room right here is my relationship to my body. Then the room next to it is my relationship to, to sex. And I mean, you name it. So I describe, I use a metaphor of the house to describe, to ask you to look at your relationship that you have towards all these main pointers that we all as humans experience. And, and you know, 
not to overgeneralize, but like 99% of the times you're going to realize like, oh shit, all these belief systems that I've been holding on to and believing in and in, in living by, they don't serve me. They don't serve the reality that, I'm, that I want to create. They don't support my dreams. They don't support my mission. Uh, they actually keep me stuck and they actually keep me in this space of contraction. So this chapter is asking you to, to, you know, in the first chapter, we're looking at our own story. This, and then the next one, um, we're, we're, we're forgiving ourselves and others. And then the next chapter is to take a broader look at how you really see the world in yourself. Um, what are the main, it's the views, right? The glasses, that, the colored of, of the glasses that we wear. And how often are we, are we actually questioning the validity of them? You know, so this, this chapter asks you to, to, to question the validity of it and be like, oh shit, this is a, this is conditioning. You know, this is my, my, you know, because of the, my past karma, because of my karma, this is the view I have of myself. This is the view I have of the world. Am I going to live like this? Am I going to continue entering the world like this every single day? Or I'm going to make a radical choice to say enough, honey, enough is enough. So that's what this chapter is about. <laughs> it's funny Spiritual to talk about bleach. it. Clean your perceptions and beliefs. It's going to the house, honey, mm. and, and spray the spiritual bleach everywhere. Enough, and then you built enough. You build enough inner courage to then actually take out a hammer uh, and and break down the walls and take all the furniture to the backyard and set the shit on fire. And you don't take your ass to IKEA, honey, or to Target to buy something from there. You build the table. You build the desk, you build the couch, you rebuild the walls of the house and everything is a representative of, of, your, of your upgraded belief systems, the ones that support your awakening uh, and the ones that, that think about the well-being of others. You know, is, is this belief system completely self-centered or can I expand and think about the well-being of others while I'm, I'm believing this about myself and the world? Is this altruistic in nature or it's not? That's a really good test, you know? That's a really good test to, to the ways you enter the world. Am I just completely, you know, hooked on my own well-being? Is my own well-being the most important thing? Or can I expand and think about the well-being of others while helping myself? That will test your edge. That reminds me of a, a book on Kabbalah I read years ago called Becoming Like God by Michael Berg. Mm. And uh, the way that he defines ego, and I guess according to the... Kabbalistic teachings is the desire to receive. They're really good. Yeah, right? The, really good. The desire to receive for the self alone. And I remember a lot of that book, but that one jumped out at me and I was like, what? There's another way to live? Like, <laughs> why would you ever think about anything or anyone else? It's That's all right. about getting the shit you want because then you'll be happy. That's right. Which is kind of where I was at that point. Me you know? too, honey. For yeah. years and years and years. Oh my God, Saz, the fashion queen, get out of my way. You know, get the fuck out of my way. It's my, it's all for me only, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's beautiful. Okay, next one is um, wake up your inner wisdom. Number four, wake up your inner wisdom. Um, this is we're we're speaking about um, recognition that we have this all knowing potential inside of us, right? I know I keep moving so much. I'm sorry. Is this 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 chair is comfortable? <laughs> um, don't you fall off there? Um, wake up your inner wisdom. It it really is about recogni recognizing that we have 
this inner well of wisdom way beyond what the mind, way beyond anything that we can ever um, quantify or like measure by intellect. You know, it, it really goes to such a degree where you're, you're able to do things that you are not trained in. You're able to, to, to um, speak about things that you have no context for. That is what this chapter is about. In this chapter, um, there's an exercise there, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, about the flow state, doing things that will help you. And you do, you, all of your, everything that I'm looking outside of this room right here, all the things that will help you to enter the flow state to, to um, physiologically create the, the perfect conditions to then awaken this chemistry that then the mind operates from this place where you're like surprising yourself with all the things you're saying, doing. Um, so this, this chapter is, is recognizing that um, we can live from this place, that we can do certain set of things every day um, that will, cultivate this this inner guru this this uh wisdom that is so unconditioned is so wild that you're able to communicate things that you have no context for as i said before do things that you have no training for um and that's the offering that's the offering that like you you don't need to do uh and i know this is kind of radical for some people but you don't need to do 12 years of something um i have my whole view about What's that book about um, becoming a master? You have to do 20,000 hours of something. What was that? Oh, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and I think the guy's yeah. a genius and, yeah. and, and, and amazing. But I, I'm on the other side of it saying like, honey, if you were able to create the, 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 the perfect causing conditions regularly for you to tap into the flow state, um, you're able to like master things so much quicker, like so much quicker, like in you really see it in, um, in people who are, you know, I'm, I'm sure you slip into the flow state when you're, you know, getting ready for a podcast or as we're sitting here, you know, as I'm teaching, uh, these are, this is my, my state of flow. I'm constantly being like, damn girl, that was cute. Ooh, look at that shit. You should write about this next, you know, like surprising myself because these are the conditions. These are the perfect causing conditions for me to actually like, uh, awaken this inner wisdom within me. And for everybody listening, you know, um, there is, um, we all have the chemistry for us to 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 the the physiological um, the neurochemistry for us. Um, there's one that I love uh, a, a lot is anandamide or anandamide. I don't know the the language, but the the neurochemical is the bliss molecule. Um, and 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 um, there's a couple other ones that helps you think beyond. Uh, it's called thinking beyond uh, lateral thinking. So thinking beyond logic right? The brain creates patterns um, in a way that's never uh, created before. Um, so the potential is there for everybody listening. It's like, um, and the, the most natural ways to do this, it's, um, it's a service, you know, helping others. Yes, I'm going to keep hammering a service, honey, because that is the path through service, meditation, um, uh, radical sports, you know, um, the flow state, the flow genome, um, Stephen Kotler is a work that I quote in the book. He's a genius, uh, an amazing person. Um, and he's, he, the, the research started based on these uh, people who were doing this. It's not radical sports. What do you call those people? The, extreme like, sports? Extreme sports. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were analyzing their, their brain, their chemistry while they're doing these things. How come these people can like 
stop time and be and 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 do things in such a this beautiful dreamlike way and 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 do things that you know yes they've been conditioned to do over and over repetitively but they're always able to like go into the next stage go into the next stage uh, that's the flow state so the inner wisdom is in relation to um uh to that it's like create the cause and condition for you to tap into the flow state and then you're able to awaken this wisdom that you're like whoa girl that was sick you know so natural <laughs> natural things is meditation ex- uh, extreme sports um service these are the um some and some of the main uh ways for you to do that that's really interesting i never cuz i bought into that 10,000 hours thing too oh you did you know and okay. uh because there there is some shit that i've spent a lot of time doing and i've yeah. gotten decent at it just yeah. from amount of time but then there's the whole you know quantum realm that you enter into in meditation where there is no time space separation there is no there's no such thing as ten thousand hours that's right right in the void and in the void is where all information from all time that's right exists so that's i've never put those two together that's really interesting and that that innate wisdom is universal and it exists there and doesn't require time and repetition it just requires an access point. That's right. And these yeah, things that cool. we're talking about, um, the causing conditions, doing these things, you know, I run every day, I dance every day, I meditate every day, I breathe every day, I eat in a certain way, I do these things, I talk to people like you regularly. These are all things that create the perfect uh, sauce for me to then have the access point to then draw upon this wisdom and and be able to deliver something that is like, oh, damn, that's the offering. So yeah. this chapter is about that. That reminds me of when a musician that's not that proficient writes a really great song. <laughs> it's like, there's where's the 10,000 hours thing there, that's right. right? That's right. It's like they're tapping into that thing, that that's thing. Right. You know, there's yeah. a famous uh, story that Keith Richards tells about the song Satisfaction. Ow, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Super famous riff. The story, according to him, the legend is that he dreamt that riff, woke up in the middle of the night, Played it on guitar or maybe sang it, I don't know, and uh, recorded on his little recorder, you know, in the oh, wow. late 60s or whenever it was. Oh. And then woke up and was like, oh, let me play that thing. Was it any good? He's like, shit, good riff. And it, <laughs> you know, it turns into one of the best rock songs of all no time. World. And that didn't require time. That required tapping into that theta or delta dream state where access to all melody mm-hmm, exists, right? Mm-hmm. Really interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um Next one is name your superpower. Um, I like this one a lot. Um, This one is you figuring out like, what is your secret sauce? You know, what makes you, you, you know, for me, it's my ability to communicate spiritual concepts in a really relatable, digestible, sassy way. That's my secret sauce. So in this, in this chapter, um, there's a, there's a series of exercises that asks you to actually recognize what's, what's unique about you. Because there's something unique about you. And, it, you know, I speak, of, uh, I talk about this a lot. It's like, how do you, how you creatively offer what's in your heart? That's your superpower. So this whole, this whole chapter is about that. It's and you know, often I speak about the, the, um, the purpose of human life is to transform the mind, energize the body, open the heart and creatively offer what's in your heart. And the keyword creatively offer what's in your heart, because that's what's your own unique way of offering the Brahma Vihadas, right? The four qualities of the heart, love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. How are you going to communicate that into the world? And your, your, your superpower may come in, in, in me speaking with sass, with playfulness, with lightheartedness, with passion and fire. Um, it may be, um, 
for somebody making jewelry, you know, you look at beautiful, beautiful jewelry and the person's making it from that awakened place of, uh, from that heart, mind, awaken, awakefulness. And they are, um, when you see it, when you land your eyes at, on it, you're like, oh my God, it just moves you in a certain way. When you listen to a song coming from that place, you know, okay, the chapters all make sense, honey. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's good. They all sort of connect. They all sort of know. They totally do. Um, I haven't like taken a good look at the book in a while now. So finding the thing that, that your own unique uh, way of offering what's in your heart, you could be, um, you know, plating a food, being an amazing chef. And when I look at that, it, it inspires something in me. You could be uh, an epic podcaster like yourself, where every single podcast, it just lands. You have the perfect questions, you know, that is your, it could be your unique way of conveying what's in your heart. It could be your own unique way of conveying love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. Um, whatever it is, a photographer, right? Looking at this beautiful photo, it really can inspire you to change your life. One photo, one movie, you know, the way somebody wears, um, cuts somebody else's hair. You know, you see a haircut, somebody could cut hair, you know, and not taking it away from it. I think it's a legendary um, art, art, art form, but the way somebody can cut somebody else's hair and you see that person, that person's hair. Maybe when you're driving, you stop on a red light and you see that. The way that person cut their hair, the way that person styled their hair, that in itself can could put you on to do something epic with your life, you know? So you could express your heart in a variety of different ways, but you got to recognize that there's a, a, your own unique way of doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's it's a great gift to I don't think a lot of people ever discover that, you know, because of all the limitations that we put on ourselves. I think it's a huge gift to be able to find the the one thing that makes you uniquely weird and awesome. That's right. And please, <laughs> everybody listening, recognize that you do have this. Yeah. There is a creative genius at the base of your being, you know? Yeah. It's just, we forgot. Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, six, we've got three more to go. Oh my God. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, Power through. How yeah, long? How well, long? How long are we? Uh, where are we at? Uh, you know, a couple, couple of minutes. Okay, we're all right. Okay. Um, I've never actually done this with someone's book. Like I'll, uh, okay, cool. you know, I'll like allude to a couple of concepts or something. Okay, but cool. I don't know. I just like the way you laid this out was super cool. And, oh, thank you, honey. Yeah. Appreciate so it. as I was prepping the notes, I was like, I actually just want to like cover a bunch of stuff in here because it's cool. Okay, I, nor cool. I normally don't do that because I don't want an interview to sound like a commercial. Tell us about your book. And, you know, it's not what it's like. We're homies. Yeah, like, yeah. this is shit we'd be talking about. But yeah. if you came over and there were no mics on, I'd be like, dude, that's sick. I like how you laid that out. And that's we, right. We would be talking about it. So. Yeah. You have such an interesting, yeah. your secret sauce. That's why you make such a great podcaster. Because your, your view of the world, the things that you're curious about are just like, so interesting that you you hold on to specific things that it just like and you're able to articulate that question and the and the things that and it's such a it's it's a look honey thank you yeah thank you sir i'll yeah. take it i'll yeah. take it and internalize that uh next one is believe you are amazing this is um um this is kind of like a um maintenance. Um, and then I know there's a maintenance chapter later on, but this is already where you are, um, choosing to say bye girl to your old pat, you know, to like, you're taking time off from, 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 uh, people, places and things that are, um, 
that are no longer supporting your awakening, you're choosing to, to, I mean, in my case, I need to take time off from my, from my family, you know, spending time in India, Nepal, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, and, and responding sporadically because I was like trying to recalibrate my nervous system, trying to change my mind instead of constantly being walking in the, in the minefield. Is that what you say? Like, a, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to take time off and believing that you're amazing. It could be really hard for people when they are um, awakening and transforming and doing this work. And then all of a sudden their mom says one thing and then they go all the way to far backwards because they are completely, you know, touching on that sore and then turning it around and around and around. Um, so believing you're amazing. I speak, I speak about that, about like the, the closer relations that the, the closest people that you have and how, uh, how much access they have to like triggering the shit out of you, you know? So believing you're amazing is like choosing to stay in a high vision and what to do. How do you, how do you walk on this minefield while staying in the highest vision? How do you live with integrity when everyone around you is still operating from a completely different mindset? How do you, you know, walk out, out on the street when everyone, all of your neighbors are still getting drunk and high and doing all this kind of fucked up crack baby looks. And you are sort of, you know, you're really wanting to like be an agent of change, change the world, help yourself, help others. Uh, and everyone around you is just like, oh my God, this does not represent who I am. Like, but I still have to be here. Choosing to, uh, believing you're amazing is, is just a constant reminder that like, keep going. Your external reality will match your internal world soon enough. And that is so, so important. I mean, honestly, the level of abundance that you have in your life is a complete utter reflection of, of your, of the quality of your internal world, you know? And, and in this chapter, I also talk about this a lot. It's like, imagine if you put as much effort that you have in creating external success into creating internal freedom how much of a life change would that be? So in this chapter, I was telling you like, girl, you're good. I know things are crazy. Now that you have your eyes, now that you don't have so much dust in your eyes, now that you don't have so much, your eyes are not so dirty, you, your body's a little bit more energized, your heart's a little bit more opening, open and you're able to see reality a little bit more clearly. Um, stay in a high vision, honey. You got this. And soon enough, your internal world will dictate how you experience your external reality. And the next degree of that, your external reality will be a complete reflection of your internal world where you're hanging out with high vision people, where you are. I mean, every single one of my friends are high vision people now. And every single one of us is a spiritual teacher in their own, in their own ways. One is an artist, and all, you know, like, but everyone is dedicated to the message, to the Dharma, to their, to their, to their transformation, to the helping of the world. This is just happen overnight, honey. This is like years in the making where I can look at my favorite people. I'm like, all of you motherfuckers are high vision beings. Fuck. You know, this <laughs> totally, is the work. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, it's like when you first, when you, when you, when you build the scaffolding of resonance, energies in mm. people and mm. lifestyle choices and behaviors. Right. And then I want to, I want to see if you went through this. I'm assuming you did based on what you just said, but it's like you build this gravitational field of the kind of people and the kind of vibe you're hanging around. Right. That's and then right. you have some kind of awakening or some pivot, yeah. some gift, a, a, you know, a, a glimpse of enlightenment or change. And then you start to change. And then the people that are used to you being one way do not like that. Uh -uh. And sometimes I think purposefully, perhaps not always consciously, but purposefully 
trigger you into being back your old self because oh, they're yeah. like, wait, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like you're Mr. Spiritual and positive yeah. now. Like yeah. come back to uh-uh. the, the circle of hate with us. Where That's it's, right. Let's complain. Let's gossip. Where it's familiar. Yeah. You know? Let's get fucked up. What are you doing? Yeah. So it's like, there is this like, it's like the gravitational pull that wants to like drag you back yeah. toward that as you start to change. And sometimes it gets, the pull gets stronger and stronger the more light you start to cultivate within yourself. That's right. Oh my God, yeah. I've lived through all of that you yeah. know, so much. And even the times I came back from India and would go to my parents' house and, and oh my God, just everyone around there, you know, doing all kinds of like unskillful things. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. But then it was the depth of my work, right? Transforming right. my relationship to that. Um, right. But it's stay strong, honey. If you're listening to this and you are in your spiritual path and you're waking up and you're recognizing that the old friends, the people who are around you no longer match the kind of values you hold, the kind of life you want to live, stay in a high vision. Believe you're amazing because you are. And you choosing to transform your mind and open your heart, you're helping everybody else to awaken as well. You're, you're becoming the light for all these people who are walking through the field of darkness, you know? So stay in a high vision. Amen. Yes. Number seven, use what you have. Use what you have. And what's after that? Uh, after that is slay slain. Okay. Stay slain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stay slain. Stay sorry. slain. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's this one? Use what uh, seven, you have. use what you have. Use, yeah. use what we have. We forget how resourceful we are. So huge, right? Everybody has a friend of a friend who works for the publisher or who's written a book before. I'm talking about people who want to write books. Like I never thought about writing books. I was, I was, everything that I'm doing, it was never planned. I never set out to leave for India and then I'm going to become a spiritual teacher. No way. I was so selfish. I was doing everything for myself. I wanted to feel better, but my teachers were quickly like, oh honey, you should start going deep because you're going to be sharing. You're going to be teaching. I was like, no, 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 I'm not guarantee you I'm not I'm 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 in it for me and then of course naturally your mind starts to change starts to open and altruism becomes more of your default um but resourcefulness is is our 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 inability to recognize how resourceful we are this chapter is is a recognition of how resourceful we are there's a cousin who works for this person there's a friend who does who does that thing there is this there we all have resources you could be in in the worst of the worst of the situations you can have um, uh, uh, an extremely challenging background. But if you, if you zoom out from the pain, if you zoom out from the suffering, if you zoom out from the victim mindset, it's in that zooming out in this uh, 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 loving awareness of, of, of challenges, of trauma, of difficulty that you recognize like, oh shoot, there is resource. The guy who works at the corner actually has done this thing. He actually makes music on the side. And I really want to make music. So let me go talk to him. But we're so caught in this like, you know, small view of ourselves and small view of the world, why our misperception of ourselves and a misperception of the world is said to be one of our biggest uh, causes of suffering. So resourcefulness is, is huge. And I say to people all the time, make a list of 10 people in your life right now who can help you get to the next stage in your life. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised that these people exist and they're right there. And guess what? You've said this to me because of uh, on what your friend said. Give them me- give meaning to their lives by asking them to help you. You know, you're not saying, yo, yo, honey, let me get all these things and let me, you know, give me an hour. No, no, no. 15, this book, this chapter, I talk about the 15 minute coffee date. 
In this case, we can't. So 15 minute in the COVID pandemic world, um, you know, you're not meeting in person, but so take time to talk to people on FaceTime and call them 15 minutes. Everyone has 15 minutes. And I give 15 minutes to people who write me a very genuine message on Instagram or on TikTok. I more than happy. And we know the texture of someone who's like, who's like genuinely curious, who's genuinely wanting to, to go to the next stage in our lives. And the people who are just wanting for us to say, you're good, honey, you're amazing. I, you know, like it's just a completely different texture. Someone who wants to progress and someone who wants to be validated, you know? So this yeah. chapter is about that. Awesome. Yeah. Last, last, <laughs> last one, stay slaying. Stay slaying. Uh, it kind of leads into this too. Uh, it kind of leads into the next one, but stay slaying is... It's really um, looking at um, a few main errors in our lives, you know, looking at our spiritual path. Um, like, what is it? What are the things that you do? And it kind of leads back to to the first, right? Coming out of the spiritual closet. But then this is sort of looking at like the sp- spiritual practices, your relationships, the flow state, and uh, and uh, movement. Like looking at forming areas, these forming these four pillars in your life. How often are you tapping to the flow state? How often are you nurturing your relationships? How often are you uh, developing your 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 path spiritual? How often are you moving your body? Looking at these forming areas, these four pillars, and 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 based on that, um, if and I'm talking about the four main pillars in the book. Within each of these four pillars, there's many. Uh, subcategories, um, but just to get people excited to get the book and do the work because it's a fun chapter. It would ask you to to really look at all these specific areas in your life and and see if you're lacking, you know, and put more time towards it. and And then there is like a very specific, um, really fun, also kind of like a advanced uh, meditation techniques in there. Uh, to get you to, and I say this in the book too, it's like some of these practices are, if if they don't land for you right away, carry on with your life and then come back, you know? Um, so this, this chapter, uh, it's, it's, it's really asking you to look at these main pillars in your life and, and make sure that you're watering those seeds regularly, that you're not just, you know, doing your spiritual practice for you, you know, being intoxicated with the self-care, with your self-care, with the with the good feelings of your self-care practices, because it's so good, right? We're in meditation, we're taking a, you know, I'm going to use you, for example, uh, but I know you don't do that <laughs> because you're so, you have such altruistic nature to you, but you can go from your hot bath to the other thing. You have all the, you have all the, the self-care trinkets to play around and go. You have a Dharma palace here. You have all the things. Same thing in my in my new home. I'm going to create all these little hubs for self care for spiritual practice. But if you're not if you're not using that energy to then support you to tap into the flow state, if you're not using the flow state to then create epic things into the world, if you're not then creating things to have better relationship with others and 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 moving your body while you're doing all these things, and I'm talking about dance, exercise, I'm talking about the way you eat, um, then you you miss the plot of the spiritual path, you know. So that chapter is going to be like, okay, honey, you know all this shit, you've looked at all this stuff, you've done all this amazing work, and now here's how you know. If you, here's how you can tell if you're going to stay slain is if you have these um, main areas in your life, a lock then if you have a, if you're like that with them. The last thing I want to ask you about before I do my final question is, um, Ooh, there's no like, uh, <laughs> okay, maybe the, okay, keep going. Don't I, let me I, ask I want to know <laughs> as someone who 
you know, I played music for a long time, musician and bands for maybe like 15 years or something. Right. And so my relationship with music is deep. I love music. It's moving, it's transformative. But one thing I've never been inspired to do is dance. Like my body just does not get the sensation that it wants to move and and gyrate in different ways when there's music on. And I think it's partially because I spent a lot of time with the bass in my hands and Mm -hmm. you have your little way of grooving, but you, you know, your hands are busy. So you never learn how to like, you know, what do you do with this? Even if I tried to dance, I'd be like, what do you do with your damn hands? They're usually doing this, you know? That's right. Um, but like you're, when I watch you on social, on your TikTok and Insta and stuff, like your shit is like, you are going full on. <laughs> full on. <laughs> dance party, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely less than zero fucks given just doing the damn thing in all kinds of different crazy outfits and stuff. And I, <laughs> I look at your Insta and I'm like, oh my God, this dude has balls, man. Seriously, it's like... Oh my God, yes. Yeah, so what? what is your... I mean, I think part of it, I'm going to guess, is like you're Brazilian, you're expressive. Like I've been to Brazil quite a bit. People yeah. down there, like they're in their body. It's That's just kind right. of, it's a cultural thing. That's right. But what's your relationship with dance and how does that tie into your spiritual practice? Well, dance has actually, uh, we saved sort of like a big question for for, for the last uh, bit, but like when I started to rec- uh, to really connect to dance, that's when Spiritually Sassy was born. You know, when I started to post uh, me dancing in my underwear with the epic kimono, you know, <laughs> and at a, at a hotel that faces Dalai Lama's temple, in the Himalayas, like, and I'm talking about the importance of, of, of checking in with other people who are experiencing, like the tools to check in with people who are experiencing suicidal thoughts. That was the real marking of like, oh, this is what spiritually sassiness is all about. Um, so to answer this question um, in, in the sort of like a short version of it, it's like um, music connects people. It moves you. I guarantee you, if I put some music on now, honey, you'll be moving. Okay. <laughs> like everybody's got rhythm. Rhythm and music is like a natural thing for all of us. You know, right. as you're holding the guitar, I'm sure than that back in those days, it was more rock and roll music. But I have a sick playlist, honey, that's guaranteed to move everybody, you know? Um, so dance, spiritually sassiness, uh, being spiritually sassy, it's all sort of like connected. It was like that, that really big change of heart. So like, oh, wow, I can be a spiritual teacher and I can still dance flamboyantly. I can put on a, a women's look and, and still uh, use music to talk about really, really deep, powerful topics. And that's what drew sounds true into wanting to work with me and publish this book because of that. Um, and I said to them, Often it's like, it's my job to make spirituality sexy. It's my job. It's my dharma to, to make, um, um, to, to seduce people to taking care of themselves. You know, if that's what it takes me dancing. Cause, and you know, dance brings joy. It reminds me of the, what's at the base of my being. You know, I'm not so caught up in my, in my, in my, uh, conditioning, in my, uh, mental tendencies and my mental habits. I'm, I'm in my body. I'm inhabiting the present moment. And from that present moment, what happens? The Brahma Viharas arise, right? The, the, the qualities at the base of your being shine bright. So dance, I can't say enough about dance. And when you dance and you're, 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 constantly cultivating presence with dance. Like you're not, you're not just moving here and thinking, oh, what do they think about me? What is, what is she thinking about me? Or oh, what is it? Oh, I don't like the song. Oh, I don't, what, what should I do with this hand? Oh, what is going to, you know, if you're caught up in the story still, you're not doing the work 
the, the as as you could use dance to transform your mind and open your heart. But if you are this is why in the Sa method, right, the technique that I created helps you. We first use a traditional meditation technique for you to cultivate presence by touching base with the feeling of the breath. And then you use ecstatic dance to, to really just cultivate that presence in action, right? Because at the end of the day, every single teaching is asking you to be in meditation in every single area of your life. It's not to stay with your eyes closed and, and think you're, you know, that path works for some people, but the 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 tantric path the tantric buddhist path that i'm that i'm studying it asks us to turn everything into a meditation practice you know and it will dictate uh it will it will be dictated by the quality of your attention how can how could you give undivided attention to to luke why are you still dancing you know or to um whatever it is or to to developing your heart as you're still in movement um so dance i can't say enough about it you know when you're in your full expression and in the way that you are and for those i said like follow him on social and you'll be like wow he's super full that's full expression it's amazing yeah (laughs) um when you're in that i mean i'm assuming most people that follow you are feeling you and they're like down with your whole situation Mm -hmm. but do you get um being so like like just free? Do you get haters and trolls yeah, on social media? Yeah, of course. Especially now that um, I, you know, that I have videos on TikTok with like eight hundred million views, stuff like that. And then the the comments are it's a completely different uh, kind of space that I'm in. You know, like multiple videos with eight hundred, uh, really? five hundred, six hundred thousand views. And then the comments are like um, a a lot of comments are like, oh my god, oh my god, you you inspire me. I love you. But this is amazing. And I and I you know I can't reply to all the comments because it's it would, it's a full time job. Um, but the ones. And then there's a vast majority of people um, who are loving it. And there are people who's like, oh my God, you you are an abomination. Uh, you you should die. You should kill yourself. Whoa. You're horrible. You're this, you're that. And, you know, and I teach this, um, I teach this uh, method regularly on Deepak Chopra's uh, company, Chopra Global, on their IG account. And, you know, they have a large following. And when I go on there, um, the last two weeks, it's funny you're bringing this up because the last two weeks, there has been a, an enormous amount of trolls coming into this place. And I'm just constantly reminding people, hateful speech is a complete, it's a complete reflection of their hateful mind. Their hateful mind is completely a reflection of their hateful past actions. So it's, it's literally, it's, it, it, you know, it, and, but again, as soon as I got off the, the live today and last week, um, I, talking to my mom and then talking to my assistant, I was like, I don't, I don't, I, this is like, you know, I'm in a high vision. I'm, you know, serving the looks, I'm delivering the Dharma. I'm doing my, I'm living my Dharma, but it's, it's sticky, that energy, you know, especially someone who's had to like overcome queerness and, and really make friends with my queerness and love my queerness and, and, and inhabit it and embody it as my Dharma. Um, it's sticky and it's, it, it, it could be a little disorienting if you get caught in it especially in the thread that everybody's sending love to each other. And then there is a couple fuckers saying, you know, and it's like, oh, honey. But, you know, in the past, a a, a couple of times I've stopped the live, not on the ecstatic posts, and I'm just like, whatever, I just delete the comments and I block them. Um, On TikTok, I don't because it's a little bit overwhelming when things go viral. It's like, how do you handle that? You know, this explosion of of interaction. Uh, But on the lives, I will stop the music and I'll say, honey, recognize that this hateful speech is a reflection of your mind. And and then not to call them out, um, 
you, user, X6, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not using that kind of zooming in to you and laser focus on you. But excuse me, I'm addressing the the larger scale of like hateful speech, you know? And and this leads me to a, a, a last point about, you know, in, in traditional um, Buddhist literature, it says there's 10 ways to create the most um, harmful uh, karma and and four of them are done with our speech. Four, it's almost half. Wow, you know. So thinking about it from that perspective, um, so you know, I've been really good at like sliding. You know, doing the matrix thing where I'm like, mm, pass. <laughs> you can let your hateful comments slide right by, and sometimes I get caught. You know, yeah. I've got caught, um, and I and then I talked to to their team, and I said, honey, you need to have people on the. You need to have a team of people on the live deleting comments because I still want to have the comments available when I'm doing these things with a large audience because I want people to interact with each other. I want them to share what they're, what, what's happening, how things are transforming inside of them. Um, but it, it really is, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm putting myself out there in a way that is liberating for me, but I also know that my liberation could be triggering for people, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. You know? Good for you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for doing it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love what yeah. I love the observation uh, that you add here that 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 person who is so filled with hate just it's there. It's like I was talking to a friend the other day, and he he had broken up with this girl, you know, and he said, "Man, I'm just so heartbroken." You know, I just loved her so much, and I said, "Man." You just love that love is yours. She didn't take mm, your love. Like that's that's it. your love. And by contrast, is it not true that when somebody is filled with hate and they're trying to hand that hot potato of fucking hate to you, that's their hate. Yeah. Put right? that shit on the floor, honey. Right? I ain't carrying that shit. And so it's like <laughs> we only get infected when we pick it up. That's and right. we're like, ah, that triggers our little hate that's you right. know, neuro pathway. And we're like, ah, let's lock horns with this fucking toxic person. That's right. But it it, it that it is much easier for me to have compassion on like hateful people like that. I mean, I don't I think I'm pretty tame compared to the shit you're putting out there. So I don't get trolled as much, I think. Even uh, I with all imagine. the things you talk about on a podcast? Uh, here and there, you know what I mean? Um, but not not much. I yeah. mean, you know, sometimes I get trolled for being born as a white male and I'm like, I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? That's right. Talk to my parents. They shouldn't have fucked. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, the literature says that you chose them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it is my fault. <laughs> the literature um, <laughs> says that you actually chose them. You were walking and you're like, right. this is the people that can help me exercise my best qualities and help me develop. So true. Yeah. So true. And God bless my parents. They were, were and are great teachers. But anyway, back, back to the point is mm. having been someone like you who lived completely entrapped in a hateful, sadistic, mm-hmm. torturous mind for so much of my life, when a troll pops up in my world or my feed... A lot of the time, thankfully, I am able to see like, oh shit, that's a projection. Those words or that typing or the email or whatever it is, that comment is literally like a movie camera projecting on a screen what's happening inside their head. That's right. You know, because I know, because I've lived, I used to just walk around just hating everyone. That's right. I mean, you didn't even have to 
I, I, I didn't need a reason for my prejudice. I just hate all people. That's right. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Unless you have something that I want, if you, then can, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I was, I was really like that. <laughs> That's right. And so I know what it's like to be so filled with like that rage. And so it makes it easier for me to arrive at compassion. I still block fuckers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but of course. I'm too. able, to, it's block and bless. That's what I call it. Oh, but that's sweet. Block and you bless, can, You can honey. steal it. Hashtag block and bless. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek has block party. You know, he, Derek lives right up the hill right here. I don't know if oh, you know no that. Oh, no way. Yeah, he lives like, you could throw a rock at his house. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good, good area right here. But anyway, it's like, I just project. And I learned this from David Wolf, actually, really. I interviewed him and he get he's like, He's, you know, UFOs, like flat earth. I mean, he's really out there with the shit he talks about. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing, but he gets trolled pretty heavily. And I was like, dude, how do you deal with like that much bad energy coming at you? And he's like, oh, Luke, I just, you know, imagine what it's like to live inside their head. And Mm. I just, I just know how much that's got to hurt. Genius. You know? And so I just really feel for them and I pray for them and I just have compassion. I was like, damn, bro. Okay. That's something to aspire to. But that's where it clicked for me. I was like, oh yeah. That's right. Because I remember when I was the guy who would get on an email, it's like, you know, and it's because of what was going on inside me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like those people really, the only thing that's going to pull them out of that is just love and like responding with love. Like what Mm -hmm. would the Dalai Lama do? That's right. Would he be like, fuck you too, man. Uh," You know, (laughs) he'd just be like, you know, politely shut the door. Thank you. Goodbye. You know, or maybe not. Maybe he'd be like, tell me about it. What, you know, why am I wrong? You know, I'm not quite there, but, um, but I think that's a beautiful perspective and it's radical. You know, it is. Yeah. It's like radical. It's like back to your forgiveness. You that's know? right. And also it's like the thing I, I posted this meme I found. I wish I made it up, but I didn't. But it was the yin yang sign that said, do no harm, take no shit. So good. And it was, uh, you know, in response to some of the racial things going on. And, and it's just where I was at that moment. And what I wanted to say, it encapsulated that perfectly is like, don't fight you can't fight aggression with aggression. You can only raise the vibration and the consciousness. That's you know? right. And also not taking any bullshit at the same time. That's right. So, um, yeah. yeah, I love that. And I admire your, I admire your courage to just do you and do your thing and just be free. It's fucking inspiring, dude. Every time I come across your social, I'm like, God, that's a good, <laughs> that's such an inspiration for me. Cause oh, thanks. I'm just like, you know, I want to talk about a meditation I learned or show people how to, you know, get a benefit out of an ice bath or something. And I'm like, I feel like a dork or I look like shit or I don't feel articulate today or, you know, in the best mood. And I only want to show the shiny, like pretty Mm -hmm. perfect parts of my life Mm -hmm. publicly. And it's, it's um, people like you that help me to go, no, man, just be real, just do you. And there's going to be a few people that dig it and a few that don't. And the few that don't, God bless them. They're going to find someone else they dig. That's right. Bless them. You know? Block and bless. Block and bless. <laughs> and spirituality needs needs a revamp, you know? It needs a revamp. Right. It needs it needs us to, to just like let the hair down. Right. You know, and just like legit, just like show up and it's fullness. It needs... It needs it needs this radical authenticity for people to relate, you know? Right. This like, when you put people on the guru stand and, and this pedestal you know we're bound for for pain to happen you know unless you're talking about really really radically awakened beings which are very few on on planet earth um you're you know (laughs) shit's gonna happen yeah when i when i uh well i still do but when i used to work with recovering alcoholics and addicts and whatnot and i and i do i have a couple uh still but there used to be quite a lot and 
you know, maybe I was 10, 15 years into the game and I could feel them looking at me like I knew something or had something that they didn't That's have. Right. And I would always remind them, I'm like, you might think I'm cool now, but wait, I will definitely disappoint you. <laughs> you know, just get prepared. Like I am way more human than you realize, you know? And I had a great teacher tell me that too, because I would just look at him with this adulation. Because, you know, the, the way he was uh, interacting with life was so beyond my level of consciousness at That's that point. Right. And he would be like, don't get it twisted, dude. I don't have anything on you. I'm a complete fuck up, just like you. I've just been on the path maybe a couple years longer, you know? That's right. So I, I think that's good that it is very disappointing when you put someone on a pedestal yeah. and, and then their humanity shows through. And then sometimes you can lose faith in the teaching because the teacher has disappointed you, you know? And then you throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. when it was just that person's humanity not the teaching that they carry or represent in their dharma. That's right. It's just, they're fucking human. They're still in a human body. They still have instincts and an ego and an intellect. And it's going to show through. Even, That's right. Even the best kimono. <laughs> precisely. <laughs> precisely. And it's important to recognize this. And I say this in the book a lot. It's like, I may just be a couple steps ahead of you, honey, but like we're walking through this bridge together. Like we're in this thing together, honey. Yeah. And, you know, showing up in, in my full crack baby looks, in my fullness and like not withholding and just like really sharing me as the fullest experience. Uh, it's it's so, it's so healing to to bring forth vulnerability as a default not from a place of 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 a uh, of a victim and and approve of me and love me but vulnerability as like this is this this is what it's like honey you know what i mean i moved into a house a month and a half ago and like look at me moving again and people are all confused by it i'm like this is what's like <laughs> you know you can be a spiritual teacher right. and be talking at all these important things and doing all these things but like shit's still happening this is still what it's like. You know what I mean? You could still like have ice cream three days in a row and yeah. still be in the high vision, honey. I'm fixing to have some tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I would love some. I, was, I went to buy a cigar and Allison's like, well, you're getting your medicine. Bring me mine. Give me some of that uh, Moroccan mint chip. And I got one for myself too. Maybe we'll have awesome. an ice cream party when we're done. Yes, All right, I got please. one more question okay, for go. you. Uh, my last question is, well, it's really three and one, it's who are three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work that our audience might be able to go also learn from? One teacher, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Please, if you, if you don't know the dude, do yourself a favor and just like look him up and also recognize that, you know, he's, you know, in his mid eighties. So if you have the opportunity is soon enough to be in the presence of a radical saint, um, someone that shifts timelines just by basking in his presence, go, you know, um, highly recommend him. And uh, Jitsuma Tenzin Palmo, uh, incredible radical saint, this woman, oh my God, she spent 12 years in a cave. And then the dilemma was like, girl, time to come down, honey, time to teach. You've been here long enough. Go, go, go. Uh, so she's another incredible person. Say the name again. I feel so sorry for the guys writing my show notes. <laughs> That's okay. Jitsuma Tenzin Palmo. Got it. Google's going to give it to you. Honey. Okay. Trust. Got it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, someone in the West that I love is Sharon Salzberg. You know, I think she's an iconic being, you know, um, I have um, sort of made a, a radical shift a couple of years ago to only study with brown black bodies or women uh, or um, 
um, and the, the brown black bodies who are teaching uh, have to have queerness as like um, as part of their their roster of, of things they're, they're talking about um, because it was it was a very necessary change that needed to happen you know um, for me to become someone who can speak to this this larger audience that I have listening now you know for that reason um, so I think uh, these three people are amazing beings um, and yeah cool go check them out okay yeah they're they have books they have documentaries they have all kinds of things you know um, and yeah well I don't know that much about the Dalai Lama or any of them in the past but yeah. uh, I do get these nuggets sometimes where now, this is very true of a lot of people that follow Buddhist traditions, but this radical compassion, you know, like how the Tibetan people have been just nullified by the communist Chinese right. and stuff. And they're like, we love the Chinese. They're awesome. I'm like, yeah, yeah but, yeah. you know, there's Dalai Lama. I can't think of one, but there are Dalai Lama quotes. are like, what do you think about these assholes that do this thing? And they're like, oh, I love them. They're yeah. perfect. You know, yeah. it's like, wow. It's just that knowing <laughs> that karma as like a natural law. So at the base level, I'm not going to articulate into this. In the book, I do talk, I do talk in detail about this, but it's like, oh shit, if this happened to me, I probably did this to them. Right. You know, like it's such a radical shift to be like, oh shit, did the Tibetan people actually do this thing to the Chinese in a previous life? And don't drink the Kool-Aid. And I speak about not drinking the Kool-Aid all the time in the book because I do talk about scientific research. I do bring, I invite different views into one view. Uh, but but it's always good to think about that when really traumatic things happen in our lives. It's like this past week with my private my private in in the courses I develop on this uh, in in detail a lot. Um, and you know my in people in the online course they don't have an opportunity to talk back to me. You know they leave comments and things. But with my private students, um, I, I, I still see a handful of them, and um, I say to them this whole last week I was just like in this in this like place where I was like this really difficult thing happened to me. And I'm like, you did that to them. You did this to them in a past life. And it's so jarring to hear. And I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. It's a little edgy. Let's see how you, how this lands for you. And then from that place, we start to work through like opening up to compassion, opening up to, to wisdom, opening up to like, you know, perhaps like, how is this being repetitive in my life over and over again? Um, one thing I do have to say though, Sharon does study under a different lineage than Tenzin and uh, Dalai Lama. But that's bec- that's why I gave you these like iconic people coming together. Um, get a book from each and then get spiritually sassy, honey. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue into the, the very last thing oh, we're going to cover. Shit. Where can people uh, find the book and your website and social and all that? Okay, thank you. Um, spiritually sassy, we're, we are... Um, you can get everywhere. everywhere when this books com- are sold. By the time this comes out, it'll be out everywhere. Okay. So by yeah. the time this comes out, okay, great. So everywhere books are sold, you know, um, or on my IG bio at Sade Simone, uh, my website is myhealingally.com, myhealingally.com. Um, and um, connect with me on social at Sade Simone. Cool. S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. What's the origin of that name? I was thinking about Italiano. that. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Mom oh. is Italian. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's so trippy. In Brazil, you have like such a mashup oh of all God. these different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. why Brazilian people are so beautiful. They're like a mix of all the best from all around the world. <laughs> Dad is Lebanese. Mom is Italian. Born oh, really? in Brazil. It's like, whoa. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just like... Yeah. And everyone there. I mean... 
I think, you know what, I'm going to close on this note. I think the key, and I'm not doing this because my girlfriend's white, I guess you could say, but I always thought the key to ending racism is like, if, if no people mate with someone of their same race, if like everyone had mixed babies, eventually within a few generations, everyone would just be like Brazilians mostly are like just totally mixed. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Everyone would just be like the same color eventually. And then we would all just forget about all that bullshit. Anyway, it's a pipe dream. Uh, Thanks for joining me here today. Love you, brother. Thank Um, you. Let's go have some ice cream. Yes. I'm going to smoke a cigar. Are you still smoking cigarettes or something? (laughs) Uh, Maybe I will. (laughs) Maybe I will. Yes. (laughs) See, even spiritual teachers have their vices sometimes. That's right. I mean, honestly, I picked up up, uh, um, organic cigarettes. Like, when was I here? Maybe two, three weeks ago? Yeah. 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 Um, I had a little bit of a heartbreak. And then this yeah. resurfaced, you know, um, but three years, three months and a week sober from right drugs on. and alcohol, you know, right on, and dude. so navigating the, yeah. you know, the, the tobacco and, and being kind to myself, you know, me too, being kind to myself. It's yeah. important. Everyone listening and you're struggling with addiction one day at a time, honey, one day at a time. Yeah. Congratulations too. Thank you. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. It's a gift, a gift to the world too. And people make it out of that, man. It's most people don't. I mean, I think a lot of people that evade the demise of addiction that is, you know, eventually going to get most of us. I think we think, oh yeah, everyone eventually just outgrows it. Uh, no, they fucking don't. Visit a prison. That's right. And a morgue in a cemetery. That's where, you know, I don't know the percentage, but the vast majority of people that are really afflicted end up. So... Those of us that make it up and out are truly blessed. Oh my God. Something to be grateful for. Yeah. I could never look just like thinking that like cocaine and pot and alcohol was such a default for me. Yeah, I know. (sighs) I hear you, dude. Well, thank you so much. We're living clean. God bless. Yes. Thank you. you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. What a fun and inspiring conversation, man. I love Sasa. If you ever listened to the outro of this episode, thanks again for coming on for your second appearance. This was one of the most fun conversations I've ever had on the Lifestylist podcast. As a reminder to you listening, Saw's book came out today, September 22nd. It's called Spiritually Sassy, Eight Radical Steps to Activate Your Innate Superpowers. I highly recommend that you get a copy. I have one sitting right here on my shelf. And those of you that watched this on YouTube, uh, you'll know what it looks like because it was sitting between us as we had this conversation. I'd like to invite you to next week's episode, The Path of Faith, Finding Meaning with Meditation, Prayer, and Plant Medicine, featuring Ben Greenfield. Now, Ben Greenfield is largely known for his biohacking antics. However, uh, on Ben's second appearance here on the show, wait, no, actually his third appearance on the show, I really wanted to focus on the inner game, the inner work, the evolutionary steps that Ben is taking, not only for himself, but for his twin boys and his wife and family at large. Turns out Ben is a very spiritual cat and uh, many people might not know that. So I was really excited to sit down and have this conversation with Ben about his spiritual life. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss next week's episode or any others to follow. Now let's take a moment to thank our sponsors because let's face it, without them, this show wouldn't happen, man. I can't do this for free. I did it for free for about the first six months and uh, quickly realized that That was a losing proposition. So we've taken on some amazing sponsors. And I'd like to remind you that I do not take on any sponsors for this podcast unless I use and believe in their products. 
Every now and then, I get approached by well-meaning companies that want me to pitch their stuff on the show. They send it to me. I try it out. I'm underwhelmed and uh, for whatever reason, decide not to proceed in that relationship. So just know, anything I talk about here is part of my personal health arsenal. Not the least of which being Beekeepers Naturals. Man, this stuff is amazing. I go through it like water. Uh, They have the propolis products, the pollen products, honey products, royal jelly, all the things that these amazing bees have to offer. But not only are they taking from the bees to make a business, they are giving back to the bees. They're doing a lot to support uh, sustainable beekeeping throughout the world. And uh, you might not know this unless you heard the episode I did with their CEO, Carly, but uh, without bees, we don't exist. Bees pollinate the food that uh, humans eat. And so it's really important not only that we ingest bee products to support our health and vitality, but also that we're supporting companies that keep these bees in the game. And beekeepersnaturals.com are doing it right. So again, you can find them at beekeepersnaturals.com. We, of course, have a discount code of 15% by using the word lifestylist. All one word, lifestylist, saves you 15% at beekeepersnaturals.com. Then to protect your sleep, your vision, your melatonin, we've got Blue Blocks, Blue Blocking Eyewear. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. The code there is also lifestylist, and that saves you another 15% at blueblocks.com. So great glasses, scientifically validated. And uh, not only that, unlike the glasses of old that used to look really lame in the blue blocking space, uh, these are actually cool and wearable. So you won't feel awkward protecting your sleep. And last, but absolutely not least, is Cacao Bliss by Mindful Health. You can find this at earthechofoods.com slash lukestory, earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. This is by far my absolute favorite cacao product. In fact, a couple days ago, I had two buddies over and uh, they trusted me enough to make them one of my elixirs, although one of them looked a bit nervous because sometimes my elixirs get you pretty far out. Uh, But this was a tame one. It was just a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And the main ingredient was indeed this cacao bliss. And what I love about this product, as I always like to share, is that I no longer have to grab 15 different ingredients and throw them all into one drink. So in this elixir, I covered about five of the things I would normally put in a great health drink um, just by using the Cacao Bliss. A few tablespoons of that and a big-ass blender full of spring water and a bunch of other things that I'll tell you about another time. Uh, And we got extremely lit in the most positive, healthy way. So you can find this Cacao Bliss at earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. That's earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. The code there is Luke15, and that saves you 15% off. Man, this stuff's great, hot or cold. If you like chocolate and you want to do it right, get ceremony-grade, legit cacao, uh, Cacao Bliss is the stuff. So those are the sponsors. That's what's up this week. I want to thank you so much for joining me here and also to encourage you to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. Not the least of which being the Ben Greenfield show coming up next week, which is going to be really fun. If you like this conversation, you're going to love the conversation with Ben. Different approach, similar topics. So uh, if this one was like, wow, this is a little far out for me or not far out enough or whatever the case may be, definitely check into the Ben Greenfield show because these two gentlemen, Saw and Ben included, as my two respective guests over the next week, 
you know, both have really potent medicine when it comes to transformation and building a life of spirituality. And they're both doing it in different, unique, and super fun ways. So I'm excited to bring you more shows around consciousness and spirituality. I think right now in the world, we need much more of that. And I love doing health-related biohacking shows, things like that. And I'll keep them coming here and there. But man, I'm really digging these deep dive conversations into consciousness because I believe based on my own subjective experience that this is the way up and out of the current predicament that us humans find ourselves in. Lastly, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram at Luke story. Uh, some of you might not be aware those of you that use Instagram. That is that I live stream every single interview that I do in all its raw glory, not only on Instagram, but on Facebook for that matter. But Instagram is a platform that I personally interact with much more. So I encourage you to follow me there. And if you enjoyed this episode, uh, take a screenshot and throw it up in your Instagram stories or text it to a couple friends. And with that, uh, those are my asks. You know, I always like to give two or three hours of content and then have a couple small asks and uh, supporting our sponsors, subscribing, sharing this with friends, giving me a follow on Instagram are great ways to support the mission here. And with that, I will bid you farewell. Have a beautiful day. God bless. Be back next week.